We were soldiers. Oh yes, we were. We were soldiers. Oh yes, we were. We were soldiers. Yes, we were. Oh yes, we were. Oh, we were soldiers. Yes, we were. Yes, we were soldiers. Yes, we were. I don't know how I got roped into this. <laughs> we were soldiers. Yes, we were. So this is going to be three hours of this. We were soldiers. Oh, yes, we were. We were soldiers. Oh, yes, yes we, we were. were. Yes, hello, welcome to 2002, a film odyssey, the podcast where films are discussed, specifically the films of the year 2002. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Andrew. And I'm Dan. And we're back. We're back. And the odyssey continues. We are continuing to work our way through the movie release calendar of the year 2002 in chronological order. And on this episode, we are joined by... Travis. Travis Ledbetter is here with us. It's, uh, I think it's appropriate that since we're, we're doing a, a war movie on this episode that we bring out the heavy artillery. Yeah, as yeah. far as as far as guests go, the, the war movie expert. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Dan, what's the movie we're doing for this episode? Uh, well, I think it's We Were Soldiers. Oh yes, we were. Oh yes, we were. Uh, yeah, we were soldiers. Yeah, uh, we were. <laughs> that song, which is on the soundtrack, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, I believe the title track. Uh huh. Uh huh. I'll put the tambourine down so we're not hearing tambourine noises on the mic. Thank God. Uh, well, yeah, if you couldn't tell, uh, the movie that we're going to be talking about on this episode is Randall Wallace's We Were Soldiers. Yeah. Which uh, opened on March 1st, 2002. Right. Uh, this is the second movie of 2002, or March 2002, excuse me, that we've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are now firmly in March. Mm-hmm. Uh, full steam ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, done with February. Fuck February. All of my friends hate February. <laughs> and we're in March. And uh, yeah, we were soldiers. Randall Wallace, the uh, writer of Braveheart. Braveheart. Frequent Mel Gibson collaborator. Yeah. Very frequent. Uh-huh. In fact, he wrote with Mel Gibson, I don't know if you guys saw this at all, Passion of the Christ 2. Yeah, the, which I did not even know was happening. The Resurrection. Right? Yeah. This is 2024, I think. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not this year. I know that. Um, we we clearly all looked at Mel Gibson's filmography this morning. Yeah, Resurrect Harder. <laughs> Resurrection 2. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that'll be coming out at some point. I'd say I can't wait, but I never saw the the other one. So yeah, I I never saw the passion in a proper way. I I was like, really, you haven't seen? No, I never saw it. I didn't want to see it because I know its reputation. It obviously precedes itself, and I'm not religious at all. I'm not saying you have to be to have seen that. Obviously, because it was kind of an event film, like when it came out. But yeah, um, 
Yeah, I just, uh, I never saw it. I just avoided it. I remember, I mean, part of it was so many, like, churches and shit were going to see that movie, and I just didn't want to go yeah. and deal yeah. with the crowd or whatever. Right. But yeah, I never saw it. Yeah, I, I saw a bootlegged version of it <laughs> at our friend Brian's house. Definitely going to hell for that. Yeah, you watched the Passion bootlegged. <laughs> uh, and the subtitles were partially cut off, so uh. <laughs> I maybe didn't understand some of it. So I didn't, I've never seen it in like a proper viewing. Well, in a way, it's kind of appropriate, because like the most stolen book in the world is the Bible, right? That's so, true, yeah. Uh-huh. So... I saw it in a weird setting. Uh, my dad took me to his best friend who was seeing it at their huge, like, mega church. And people were, like, yeah. hysterically crying and yeah. like, speaking in tongues. And, like... That sounds like exactly what I would always imagine, the, like, a lot of those early screenings when that movie was, like, coming out to be like. Yeah, it was the largest crowd reaction I've ever seen yeah. in a movie, like, including, like, jackasses, <laughs> which just, is an odd thing to compare it to. But. I just, I'm picturing, like, the Righteous Gemstones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Church, it was literally, like, the Righteous German. Gemstones. Yeah, yeah that's But funny. not funny. Yeah, well, <laughs> maybe funny retroactively, but yeah. while you're there, you're just like, God, get me out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting you say that about Jackass. Would we all agree that, like, the most kind of memorably interactive movie-going experiences were the Jackass movies? Easily. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. I mean, save for, like, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. One of the, the, like, the, the, like, retro screenings. Yeah. Well, you know, obviously that that has its own energy. And I've never seen The Room, like with a crowd like mm-hmm. that because they do those yeah. too but um yeah i mean jackass by far the most like animated crowd i think i've ever seen yeah. in a movie are those like i'd rather see like i'd be more like i'd really want to see jackass in a theater versus like pretty much anything like an yeah. action movie or like yeah that's one of my go-tos when i think of like memorable theater going experiences where people were like really engaging with what was happening and you could help hear like people on different parts of the theater you know saying something different yeah Yeah. i mean there's like an expectation that comes with the jackass movie where Mm -hmm. you're like you know people are going to be into it and talking Mm -hmm. and laughing a lot more so you're like okay with it whereas sometimes if i go see like a horror movie and someone's maybe a little too into it it's like Mm -hmm. annoying and distracting yeah you know not not, yeah you know everyone should just react however they want to react when they see a movie but like there's an expectation that comes with the jackass movies where you're like okay i know what it's going to be like in the theater and yeah. i'm okay with it and mm-hmm. and like you said travis like you kind of want that out of it like yeah i i knew that i was going to see jackass forever in theaters before well before it came out just because i wanted to see it with other people especially after the last couple of years yeah and there's no storyline to follow, so you're like, I'm not gonna miss anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the structure of that movie yeah. lends itself very well to like a laugh a minute, loud crowd. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like the I think I've seen all of the Jackass movies in theaters, and all of them I I would say except for the the la- the fourth one, people were like super into and you know kind of talking throughout the whole movie. Uh, not so much with the last one. I thought my screening was a little 
on the white side. I saw it a couple weeks late. Yeah. So I didn't go right away because I didn't really want to see it with a huge crowd. Yeah. You know, again, given the last couple of years. But, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was an enthusiastic crowd, but it was a lot smaller. Yeah. So it wasn't like... When we saw, was it Jackass? Jackass 2. 2. Yeah. When we were, like, waiting in line around the theater, I remember mm-hmm. that very yeah. vividly, waiting in the line in, like, yeah. the catacombs of our movie local movie theater. Right. Has, like, these, like, underground tunnels that, mm-hmm. <laughs> that never get used for anything except for a really huge movie screen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. And then when they, like, butt chug the beer, people were like, oh, oh. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds annoying kind of in <laughs> retrospect, but, but in the moment, you're like, yeah. I'm okay with this. Yeah. This is how people should react to this. Yeah. But, like, for, like, that year-plus period where we couldn't go to a theater with a bunch of people, thinking back on those moments is pretty pretty nice. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, for, what, like, a year and a half, the only movie we saw was when we also when the three of us saw Tenet at a drive-in. <laughs> yeah, and one of us was in a different car. Yeah, me, right. me, I was yeah. by myself in a different car. Yeah, and we were very, we were very cautious. Yeah. Travis and I rode together, but like, yeah, it was still like, yeah. I mean, because we we continued to do our our movie nights on Zoom for mm-hmm. a year and a half. Like, yeah. Even when people were doing like bubbles and stuff, but like you have a small kid, so mm-hmm. it was like, it's yeah, a little too risky, like. And like, yeah. So it, it it was nice to like sort of experience that though again, even if it was in a you know more condensed form. Yeah. Um, and I was definitely nostalgic for for that experience. Yeah. Wait, how did we get on the Jackass movies? Because uh, I was saying like it was like a fun... passion. Yeah. It was oh like right, because a... you saw the passion yeah, with a it huge was, like, crowd. A really wild theater. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I saw The Passion in a living room with our friend Brian <laughs> with the subtitles cut off. So I, I've i never... I've seen it. Like, I've, you know... I know what happens in the film, but I... As far as, like, what is said, I I don't really know what, what was said. It, it, it doesn't. But, it's no biggie. <laughs> but I remember the violence. Yeah, he dies. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of Jesus beating. Yes. Like, hours. Well, that's, yeah. like, all it is. Yeah, it's pretty much just Jesus yeah. beating. That's what I mean. That's what I'm curious about. What the next movie's gonna? I mean, obviously, like I know it's about the resurrection of Christ or whatever, but like, it's it's gonna be tonally very different, right? <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, it's not Jesus. It's not like Jesus coming back for revenge or anything against like the Romans. <laughs> That'd be a pretty sweet movie, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because the end of the Passion hints at a sequel, right? Uh, I don't remember. I was like twelve. So, I mean, I think it I think we, we were a little older than twelve. Oh, I think. We, were, we were in high like school. High school yeah. yeah, we were like sixteen or seventeen, I really? believe. Yeah, or fifteen, perhaps. Three, four, right? okay. four. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I mean, like it hints at it. I mean, oh, I don't know, actually, I haven't seen it, but I assume it hints at it in the sense that they believe in that Christ was resurrected. So I mean I I'm not yeah very, I'm not religious at all so I don't really know. But, yeah, but. I mean the last time I saw that movie, the bootlegged version was 18 years ago, so I don't quite remember. But it's three not religious guys telling the story. <laughs> <of> Jesus, <laughs> I'm sure someone's like, very offended. Yeah, yeah. Me, but sorry. Yeah. Uh, um, but anyhow, 
we got, were we were soldiers. Yeah, Randall Wallace was how we got there. Yeah, yeah. Because... Randall Wallace directed this movie, but he has previously written for Mel Gibson. They're very frequent mm-hmm. collaborators. Yeah. Uh, like he wrote Braveheart. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like his most famous script. He wrote some other shit, like Pearl Harbor. He wrote. Yeah, Pearl Harbor. He wrote like right before uh, We Were Soldiers came yeah. out. Yeah. Um, Man in the Iron Mask. Yeah, he did Man in the Iron Mask. He wrote and directed that. Movie, yeah. Which I didn't know. I didn't know that until I, I, I didn't know who directed the Man in the Iron Mask. Yeah. I never thought about it all that much. But, uh, yeah, I, I think I kind of thought Man the Iron Mask was a Martin Campbell film. Uh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. But Martin Campbell did Mask of Zorro? The same year. Yeah. yeah. So that wouldn't Mexico. have made and sense. They, those two movies kind of are linked in my head as kind of like... I would agree. <laughs> swashbuckling <laughs> yeah. type movies from that same year. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, and I kind of wanted to see Zorro more. So I've I've never seen the Man in the Iron Mask in its entirety. No, oh, I have. We, yeah, 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 I, I own it. I, I've it's seen maybe a decent amount of it, but never the whole thing straight through. We talked about it briefly on um, the Count of Monte Cristo Count of Monte episode. Cristo episode, yeah, because they're both Dumas adaptations. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, that's Randall Wallace. Mm-hmm. He's a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, everyone so, can skip his commentary on this movie, by the way. <laughs> so, so Travis, Travis, Travis watched this film with commentary. Yeah, uh, it's basically three hours of him going, "That happened, that didn't happen, that happened, that didn't happen, that happened, that didn't happen." <laughs> yeah, very cool. Thank you. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, fantastic! I'm glad I listened to this for like three hours." I mean, some some filmmakers have a lot of like great anecdotes and stuff when you watch it, and then a lot of filmmakers are very analytical when it comes to their commentaries. Yeah, and those are the worst ones, in my opinion. Like some people, maybe they like knowing the exact details or whatever, but like I like when you know, it kind of reminds them of some tangent or mm-hmm. something, some story. Yeah, and they can connect it that way, or they can explain how they why they made the scene the way they did you know like because yeah. of something that happened in their life i don't know i like that a <laughs> lot more than like what you described yeah. which is just giving us the straight facts about, <laughs> about about the scene or where it's like like really quiet and it's just like you're just like watching the movie and uh, then all of a sudden yeah but you're watching it like very quietly for yeah. some reason and then all of a sudden because the, the audio from the movie is going to be quiet it's because muffled. it's yeah, a commentary yeah. yeah it's like a little more quiet and then all of a sudden the director will just chime in with something you don't care about like yeah Mel wore uh, Mel, Mel wore sneakers to set that thing <laughs> <laughs> just like okay <laughs> and then it doesn't doesn't say anything for another 10 yeah, minutes yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he talked literally the entire time too. Yeah, like he didn't yeah. let the movie go at all, and it was literally just like that happened to Hal Moore. That <laughs> yeah. didn't happen to Hal Moore. I made that up. That happened to Hal Moore. <laughs> like, uh, jokes about DVD commentaries are pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, one one day we should do an entire episode as like a commentary form. We could format, do that. And yeah, we could do it like like one of those yeah um but before we get too much further into we were soldiers uh i think there's one thing we should probably do 
Sure. What's that? Travis, do you have any idea what we're about to say? Hang and chill or some nonsense like that. <laughs> Hang and chill. Hang and chill. Hang and chill with Dan, Travis, and Andrew. Uh, Hang no, it's our it's our famous chill out segment. I was close. Yeah, aka hanging, chilling with Dan, Travis, and Andrew. Yeah, so before we get into the the main film, we could talk about some stuff that we've recently watched. Uh, sure. Does anybody want to go first? Um, I'll go. Um, I just watched uh, Prey, which was pretty awesome. Uh, had a good time with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched The Old Westworld, which is which fun. That's fun. a fun was a good movie. Time. Yeah, it was yeah. a good time. Yeah, that's a, that's a movie that I always like, even though you shouldn't want it. It made me want Westworld to exist. Oh. You know, it's like a place you can go. Like, even though it's the whole movie is against the notion of it, every time I watch it, I'm like, man, that'd be cool to go to an old west, like, live in park or whatever for a week. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really fast paced older movie, which is unusual. Yeah. I mean, it kind of makes sense because, like, Crichton is kind of like a. Not junkie, but, like, kind of like a. Uh, popular yeah like pop pop cinema yeah, yeah. i mean you know so uh, fast and the furious <laughs> uh but there it's funny you say that that it like moves fast because i've i've seen it like a few times like maybe two or three times and there's one scene in particular i always think of as being like extremely slow and you know could easily be like cut out of the movie and it's where like, after the first gunfight at Westworld happens, like, the crew comes out and, like, kind of cleans up all the dead robots. Oh, yeah. And it's just, if I remember correctly, just one, like, static shot of the crew coming to clean up, and it goes on for, like, five minutes. Yeah. And it's just, like, like a truck comes and picks up the robots that have been shot, and they load up, and some other guys come, and they clean up, and I remember that it, yeah. <laughs> it just lingers on that for, like... <laughs> for like five minutes and i'm like wow they really kept this whole thing in the movie i mean it's amazing when you watch that movie to think how could they possibly adapt this into like four seasons of a tv show but i mean really only the first season of westworld has much to do with the movie westworld yeah yeah i mean even even then it doesn't really but like it takes the basic concept I mean, there, I mean, there's a sequel too. It's not very good. Called Future World. Okay. Maybe what you? No, I haven't seen that yet. You don't have to. Yeah. It's pretty boring. But um. Definitely not as good as Westworld. No. Um, yeah, I just uh, I heard about Future World because um, I was I've been watching that Disney Plus show on ILM. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's called Light and Magic, but uh, uh, when George Lucas was coming up with the chess. On, in Star Wars, he was originally going to do it like the one in Future World, where it's like men oh, coming right. across, yeah, and he's yeah. like, "Damn it, Future World just came out! I can't like take this." It's <laughs> <That's> funny, <laughs> but I also recommend that that Light Magic is really good. It's like a six parts hour long each episode, and they dive into like different parts of ILM. Uh, what streaming service is that on? It's on Disney Plus. Disney Plus, okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, that makes sense. I yeah. Guess, yeah. So it it goes from like him creating it with star wars mm-hmm. and it's kind of cool because it's all like long beach people that started it right like, all long beach state alumni and then it goes i'm on the last episode now and they're talking about like jurassic park with like phil Tippett and stuff okay and all the uh, like the battle between 
practical effects versus CGI. Right. And what, uh, this is on which streaming Disney service? Plus. Disney yeah. Plus. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's really good. And you, like, you, know, you don't think about like all the stuff, like people spend their whole lives doing puppetry. Yeah. Like, like, oh no, that's useless now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you had a whole career doing that and no one yeah. needs your puppets. Start learning to program. I mean, the puppets look cooler though. They, yeah, they do. Like, a, a lot of the practical stuff looks way better. Like, I'm starting... I miss squibs. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Bemoan, bemoan loss of squibs all the yeah. time. Uh, they look so much better than, like, the CGI blood spatter. Yeah. Like, stuff that you see in movies now. Yeah, for sure. Which is, like, really noticeable in things like John Wick and... John Wick is hard because he, like, shoots them in the head. Yeah, yeah. people in the face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, you just like I don't know. Or uh, something like I don't know, like nobody. Or um, I'm I'm sure the new one with Brad Pitt, uh, with Bullet, Bullet Train, Train, probably had a lot of that. Oh, those are all like the same guy. Yeah, the same guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. John Wick guy. Or, or like, like Atomic. Very involved. With yeah. That, that whole scene. Yeah, or like Atomic Blonde. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean that's definitely David. Uh, Leech, yeah. yeah. I think most of those movies we just said are David Leech. Because he, like, partially directed John Wick 1, right? Or, like, ghost directed it or something? Something like that, yeah. And he definitely did stunts on it. And then, yeah. Uh, he did Atomic Blondes and... Deadpool 2? Deadpool 2, and then he also did Bullet Train. And then... Some of the producers of John Wick produced Nobody, something like that. Something, yeah, I don't know. maybe possibly the, maybe that the would make sense. Of the first John Wick produced Nobody, maybe some. It's something like that. Well, there's the some stuntmen, yeah, yeah. There's some combination, yeah, of, of uh, people that worked on John Wick worked on Nobody. Yeah. I don't know what it was. I'm a big John Wick fan, so I'm fine with all of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, those those are, I, yeah, I like the John Wicks. Those are by far the best of that like new genre of, of like uh, self aware uh Yeah uh, you know movies with a lot of ironic needle drops. <laughs> Nobody was the worst for that. That I was like rolling my eyes half <laughs> through half of that movie just because it would be like Oh, here's like Bob Odenkirk diving in slow motion and shooting a gun to like like Etta James or yeah, something. A You're song like, that on. shouldn't be playing. Uh, yeah, yeah. I get uh, it. I get it. But I still prefer Nobody to like Deadpool two, and um, I I didn't care too sure. much for Atomic Blonde, but I kind of like Atomic Blonde. Uh, I thought that one had a better soundtrack because it was like all oh like eighty right and yeah. The movie set in the eighties because it was like know. a Cold that, War. I thought the movie was like the best of the David leech movies that yeah. i've seen yeah i think i saw deadpool 2 before atomic blonde maybe and i think you guys know how i feel about the deadpool films big fan right Ryan reynolds in general is not your favorite yeah you know and i i'm not opposed to ryan reynolds like if i think he probably could be a good actor but the the main mode of ryan reynolds the <laughs> You know which one I'm talking about. That one I just, looky, I just looky looky, looky yeah. looky. I can't yeah. get down with it. Uh, so anything else, Travis? You watched uh, lately? What else did I watched. Uh, I saw the movie Dick for the first time. Mm. 
One of the best comedies of the 90s, in my opinion. It, it was okay. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you smell like cabbage. That part's so funny. I mean, seeing it now versus, like, the nostalgia for it, 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 it was a, a good time. I don't know. I love Dick. I think... Pause. <laughs> Some clip, everyone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I love the movie Dick. Yeah, that's why I chose yes. my words carefully. Uh... We're not, we're not yeah. homophobic. Yeah, you can love Dick. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Yeah. No, but yeah, I think that's that's a great uh, 90s comedy. Yeah, I mean, uh, the guy playing Nixon was awesome. Dan Hedaya. Yeah, mm-hmm. had a good time with him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed it overall. Kirsten Dunst is always a pretty good actress. Mm-hmm. Michelle Williams. Um, uh, Will Ferrell is pretty great as... Uh, um, Bob Woodward. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, and I then love Bruce McCullough. Bruce McCullough, yeah, yeah, too, in that movie. I mean, like the "You Smell Like Cabbage" line mm-hmm. is like seared into my brain as mm-hmm. like a because like, we talked a little bit about it on the Jane Silent Bob episode uh-huh. that we did, but like, but like the Will Ferrell line delivery. Thing, yeah, like it's like part of why Will Ferrell <laughs> got famous, right? Yeah, like, that's gotta be, uh, and it's still works on me sometimes even in spite of my better judgment yeah i mean if we still think about play cool hot shot from jane silent bob (laughs) (laughs) which is like an improv thing and it's funnier than any other written joke in that movie yeah pretty bad movie jane silent bob strike back yeah you guys made me watch it, so... Yeah. <laughs> in an episode you didn't even have to be on. Yeah, Travis, but Travis you... got caught in the crossfire, though. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, so, all right, so you watch Dick. What else? Uh, let me see what else I got here. Uh, I watched Monuments Men. Mm. Uh, I watched Panic Room. Okay. Uh, Which, that you're going to be on that episode, yeah, like, just, yeah. in a month or two, or a couple months. Uh, right, I would like, say possibly further out than that. <laughs> yeah. I'm being optimistic they here, but yeah. Recording Laney, rate. Laney hadn't seen it, and it was the only Fincher I could talk her into, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, it's, yeah. A, it's a very, like, straightforward yeah. concept yeah, thriller, yeah. Yeah, yeah so we, we watched that, and I was like, I'll, I'll just, like, pre-watch it, so I can just, like, watch the commentary the second time. Yeah. I remember, like, a couple of weeks back, you were like, yeah, I'm worried that would be, like, uh, too dark of a movie to watch. Because you said she like she doesn't like a lot of dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we watched Gone Girl, and that like one scene was she was like, oh my god. <laughs> but but in my opinion, <laughs> Gone Girl's got some stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, I was like, that's not that bad. No, like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, don't don't ever show a girl with a dragon tattoo. Oh no, no, that's, yeah, that's very intense. But I've always thought a Panic Room is like the the easiest to watch of, of like the least dark of all of Fincher. Well, except for like and... <laughs> like case of Benjamin Button. Yeah, like getting his hand trapped in the, like, the game, door. The game could be amenable. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty like chase movie. There's no like clear yeah bad guy and nothing like too frightening happens. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I thought the suspense of Panic Room, Not also man. like just like a woman very... being a home alone by herself kind of thing. Yeah, Panic Room's also a very like slick technical movie, which is cool. Yeah. yeah. That's definitely him kind of in his Fincher bag, you know, a little bit. Especially for the time, yeah. 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 Because that was right after Fight Club, where the camera was, like, moving through walls and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He was, like, going through glasses on this one and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so anything else you've watched? Uh, let's see. We have Sorcerer's Apprentice. Mm-hmm. Best, uh, it's another, another 2002 film. Yeah, and Ender's Game. Wait, Sorcerer's Apprentice? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant the Harry Potter uh, uh, Sorcerer's... No, the Nicolas Stone. Cage Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. yeah the sorry Cage. about that. Yeah. I misspoke. I was very yeah. confused, yeah, for a second. Yeah, and Ender's Game. Sorcerer's Apprentice with Nick Cage. Yeah. The, the John Turtletob film. Yeah. Yeah. Turtletop, a director we've met. Yep. That's right. We've met Mr. Turtletop. Director of Three Ninjas. <laughs> yeah. So he has a he has at least two masterpieces in his filmography. Yeah. National Treasure One and Three, Three Ninjas. Ninjas. Yeah. Did you do two? Yeah. I don't think of two as a masterpiece. No, I don't. But I, I still like it. I wonder if he's going to do three that they're apparently writing. <laughs> he also did Michael. You're right about that. Why do you own Michael? For, for those who aren't in this room, I just put a VHS copy of the movie Michael on the the table where our microphone is where we're recording. Why do you own that? <laughs> I'm not sure. You also own Trial and Error over there, so I'm not going <laughs> to... And the Horse Whisperer. So I guess that's the most normal of those. The Horse Whisperer? Yeah, it's a name. He also has Top Dog. Norris. <laughs> I'm not going to argue that. Yeah. Top Dog's awesome. No, All right. I, I was going to say, I was surprised you didn't comment on it. No. Though. All right, let's try not to go too off the rails with talking about uh, the box right. of VHS that's on the side of the room. Uh, what are you guys seeing? 2K2HQ. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I'll go next just because I think I've only watched about, I think, four movies since the last time we recorded. And most of those have been movie night movies that we've all watched together. Or two of those, rather. Uh, but I watched uh, a movie called Breakheart Pass um, a couple weeks back on Tubi. Is that a relation to Heartbreak Ridge? It is not related to Heartbreak Ridge. It sounds like... <laughs> it sounds similar. It sounds like a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> it's a knockoff. Yeah. Uh, n- <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's like a... Like a frontier era western quasi mystery starring Charles Bronson and a bunch of other cool character actors from the seventies like uh Richard Crenna and like Jill Ireland. I don't know, it's it's fun to see all those guys um in you know, in this movie. But it's uh it starts out like an Agatha Christie style mystery about a bunch of strangers on a train and you know bodies keep turning up and you you know you're like well who's who's killing all these people uh, who done it uh, yeah which i curse ryan johnson for bringing the <laughs> phrase who done it back into the pop culture yeah. lexicon <laughs> it's so it's such a silly term and I, it, it like makes me wretch a little bit when i hear it especially because it's like so much more common again because people are calling like bodies 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 who done it and stuff <laughs> and i'm just like god can we stop saying who done it it's not like 1940 <laughs> a ryan johnson who done it uh but yeah it's it's like uh it starts out like a mystery where you know dead bodies keep popping up on this train but it ultimately turns into like a pretty straightforward uh like western with a big showdown but it's I would say appealing just because of it's like kind of cozy snowbound train like atmosphere um and it's got a lot of cool character actors like Charles Durning and uh David Huddleston who are two guys that I always think of hand in hand because they were 
actors in Coen Brothers movies. Uh, Charles Durning is obviously Papio O'Daniel from uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, and David Huddleston is um, the Big Lebowski from The Big Lebowski. <laughs> Those are two guys I have thought were the same person. That, that's funny you say that because uh, my buddy Russell uh, also thought they were the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's why I think of those two guys like hand in hand. But uh, yeah, so that was fun. I mean, when it kind of turns into like a more traditional like action movie, it kind of loses its appeal. I think the more like atmospheric murder mystery train stuff is a little more interesting. But but it was fun. Yeah, good late seventies western mystery film. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, I watched a movie called North Sea Hijack, uh, which is more commonly known as uh, Folks. Uh, and Folks is spelled uh, with two lowercase f's, O-L-K-E-S. And it's <laughs> a Romanian trash bag factory. No, it's funny because you guys are both thinking it's like some obscure like art house film that I watched, and that's not it at all. It's a a early eighties uh, Roger Moore action film. Okay. Well, like like thriller uh, about a um, cargo ship that gets hijacked, and the British government has to bring in. Uh, a counterterrorism expert played by Roger Moore, whose name is Folks. Uh, his his character name is Rufus Excalibur Folks. Wow. Um, and he's like this, uh, like misogynistic. Oh, Roger uh, Moore, really? <laughs> uh, <laughs> miso- <laughs> misogynistic, uh, like counterterrorism expert who really likes cats and uh is like kind of a borderline alcoholic like he's always drinking scotch so they have to bring him in because he has his own like private army to uh (laughs) (laughs) he like he like well the exposition in the movie like it explains that he he left the british military because they like started allowing women to join <laughs> so he left and formed his own private he's our hero by the way um, formed his own private okay. army um but he is an expert with counterterrorism. uh uh so when anthony pert one an expert on counterterrorism, really <laughs> uh well he like the movie opens with him like doing like training exercises for like sh- ship hijacks uh with his his personal army but (laughs) but the uh the villain in this movie north sea hijack aka folks is uh anthony perkins from psycho wow that's yeah cool yeah um yeah so he's the big bad guy well he he's seen in the first like 20 minutes of the movie hijacking the the cargo ship so and this is like 50 years old yeah (laughs) Um, but yeah, so that was fun. Um, (laughs) did it make you want to rewatch the Roger Moore Bonds? I mean, I'm always down to watch the Roger Moore. We were talking about that the other day. Yeah. Now Travis is a big stick in the mud when it comes to the Roger Moore Bonds. Yeah. Because they're awful. They're great. The Roger Moore Bond films are a blast and probably my favorite Bonds, if I'm being honest with myself. Also, that is a terrible franchise of movies. (laughs) 
Uh, I gotta say, I'm I've been in the mood to because Blank Check started doing their uh, Patreon series, which is the Roger Marbon. So Andrew and I were texting about this the other day. I was like, oh, it's probably worth signing up for their Patreon because I know he loves the Roger Moore Bonds. And uh, I listened to that whole episode and I finished it today. And uh, it made me want to rewatch Live and Let Die. Live I think you just got to embrace it, Travis. Live and Let Die is one of my favorite Bond films. I mean, it's. Yeah. It's certainly problematic, but at times, which all of the Bond movies are, if you really yeah. think about Especially it. the ones from the 70s. Yeah. Do you mean when the stuntman uh, to play a black woman is just a guy painted black in a dress? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, also, I just want to note that uh, Anthony Perkins' right-hand man in um, North Sea Hijack is played by Michael Parks from... Like the Tarantino movies, like he's the sheriff from The Kill Bills and oh. uh, Death Proof and From Dust Till Dawn, like yeah, that guy. Cool. And he's pretty good as like the, the second-in-command henchman. Uh, yeah, and beyond those two movies, I watched a couple of movie night movies, which were Snake Eyes and Raising Cain. Two, oh, two De Palmas that we watched over the last couple weeks. And Snake Eyes is a movie that I've just seen a bunch of times that's just like a fun late 90s thriller with Quirks and Nick Cage and he's doing his thing and De Palma is doing his thing with the camera. Not as many Quirks as uh, Raising Cane. Oh, Raising Cane. Uh, yeah. Very quirky. <laughs> Raising Cane. Raising Cane. Uh, yeah, Raising Cain, I've only, I've seen once before, and I had thought I I had seen the theatrical cut, but I think I've just seen the director or not the director's cut, but the the fan edit that he has approved of. Um, I've seen that twice now, and I've never seen the theatrical version of Raising Cain. Yeah, uh, I thought both those movies were okay. Uh, Snake, Snake Eyes, Eyes and Raising Cane. Certainly Kane. more fun than Raising Cane, but Raising Cane's got some real wild stuff in it that kind of yeah. elevates it for me a little bit above. I mean, I would definitely say both are kind of in my bottom half of De Palma ranks. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not as bad as like like what's the, what's the, what are the worst De Palma movies like Black Dahlia. Um, yeah, yeah, people hold that in pretty low regard or mission to mars probably mm, yeah. what he did mission to mars yeah, yeah he did mission to mars and i i know the stuff that he did kind of after he left the hollywood system people aren't crazy about like passion and redacted and domino domino but not not the tony scott domino domino no, hobby domino. <laughs> not the dom not that one <laughs> that's a different domino <laughs> Oh, I mean, probably his worst movie, like, in kind of his peak of his career, which I've never seen. It's probably Bonfire of the Vanities. Yeah, that that's kind of considered, like, like a, a classic flop. Yeah. Um, well, I watched both of those movies as well. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. As did you, Travis. You were present for both of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, since we last talked uh, about what we watched, did we talk about Black Eagle on the last episode? I don't think we did. 
Uh, so we watched Black Eagle, which is like that weird Van Damme movie that we all watch together. Van Damme's not even in it all that much. It's pretty bad. Um, not like one of the worst things I've seen, but just no. kind of a cheap, cheap action movie from the eighties. I didn't hate watching it. No, no. I mean, it's <laughs> one of those movies where it's like I'd rather watch bad ones of those yeah. than like a bad current movie. Um, I rewatched Grease after Olivia Newton-John passed away. Had to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remain a Grease boy. Uh, I have a soft spot for that movie, even though I think it's not like very good. Um, and certainly problematic. That movie's definitely problematic. Um, I some questionable choices on here, so I'm sorry. Well, not really. I don't know. Just. Uh, Starsky and Hutch I rewatched because that was something that uh, we were talking about a little bit on yeah. the Bones recording. Which yeah. yeah. I uh, have gone on record as saying is the best Todd Phillips film. <laughs> You're out of your mind. I still don't agree with that. <laughs> well, I am the only one in the room that agrees with that. Yeah. Of course. Todd Phillips don't agree with that. Well, no, I doubt it. Yeah. I bet he thinks, like, Joker is probably uh, yeah. his best movie. Yeah, I don't even like Joker, but it's definitely not the t- best Todd Phillips movie. I think it is, though. Uh, <laughs> Travis shaking his head. Well, yeah, Travis has stronger opinions on Todd Phillips movies than, than I do, so yeah. you're going to get more pushback from him, but uh, I I didn't like laugh very much. I also didn't have a terrible time, though. I guess it's a lot of those like mid-aughts comedies, like mm-hmm. even the ones that I think are bad, are mm-hmm. like comforting to me, because yeah. they came out when we were seeing all these movies in theaters. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I feel about it. Like, I wouldn't watch... I wouldn't put Starsky and Hutch on and laugh hysterically. (laughs) Will Ferrell gets me out in there. Uh, yeah. Like your bone friend. Yeah. (laughs) Let me see your button. But, uh, yeah, there's something about it that just takes you back to that, like, period in the mid-aughts, you know. uh, Watching a movie on Comedy Central in the middle of the afternoon. to being a little charmed by Owen Wilson in Starsky and Hutch too mm-hmm. in yeah. a way that like I kind of like because Owen Wilson had become like at the peak of his like movie star phase had become like parody self parody in a oh, way yeah. you know like oh. oh wow you know yeah. where the files were in the computer mm-hmm. you know <laughs> yeah like those <laughs> movies yeah uh, and I I was like you know I even even though Starsky and Hutch wasn't at the beginning of it, it was like, okay, the Owen Wilson thing kind of retroactively makes sense to me again. In a way that it did at one point, but you kind of forget because you just get tired of Owen Wilson. You're just like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, stop doing this folksy thing that you do. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it, like, I was like, okay, yeah, Owen Wilson was, like, a charming guy. Like, and obviously, you watch, like, Bottle Rocket, like, his first movie, and you're like, yeah, obviously, like, there's mm-hmm. something here. But he doesn't do the Bottle Rocket thing quite the same as he did in all of his big studio comedies, so. Uh, yeah. yeah, I found myself sort of charmed by Owen Wilson, even though I didn't, like, have a great time. I also didn't have a bad time watching Starsky and Hutch. Uh, I watched... Uh, Untold, The Girlfriend Who Didn't Exist, which is like a Netflix documentary about Manti Teo, the football player who was mm. catfished. Um, it's okay. Mm. Um, it's pretty MP3 
empathetic, I would say, for the most part. And I don't know. Yeah, it's it's not bad. It's feels like a Netflix documentary. Like, they all have a very similar feeling. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Raising Cane, Snake Eyes, talked about those. Uh, the only other movie I saw besides We Were Soldiers was I went and saw Bodies, Bodies, Bodies in theaters mm. by myself the other day when I was bored on my day off. Um, it's okay. I, my takeaway from it was that I thought it was neither as fun of a mystery slash horror movie as I would mm-hmm. want, nor as incisive of a satire as I would have liked. It's got, it kind of treads the middle there and it, it doesn't commit enough to either direction. Um, and like the scenes where it is pretty, you know, like satirical are the best scenes in the movie. Like the, the mystery itself is really never all that compelling. It's, it's when they kind of like hone in on their, like making fun of sort of these characters because they're all unlikable. Like everyone mm-hmm. in the movie, you watch the trailer and you're like, God, everyone here is so irritating. And like, that's the point. Mm-hmm. Um, and when the movie goes out of their way to like m- illustrate them as being like selfish or irritating people, you're like, there's something here. Um, I don't know. It's not bad. I don't mean to sound like it's terrible. It's okay. It's, it's certainly like a more interesting movie than I don't know, like another Marvel movie to me or whatever. But like, they're like, it's cool. Like, cause I'm a big fan of the TV show Halt and Catch Fire with Lee mm-hmm. Pace on it. So it was cool to see him do something kind of like weird like this. Um, he plays like, you know, one of the oldest of, all the people because yeah. they're all a lot younger than mm-hmm. him and he plays like the old boyfriend of one of the characters mm-hmm. so um and then uh rachel's senate mm-hmm. from shiva baby mm-hmm. is in this she's really good um i know her kind of from the internet and now she's breaking into like movies and stuff mm-hmm. um she's really good in this uh thought she was easily the best of the group um, yeah, it's alright. It's alright. Yeah, I'll probably check it out when it gets to streaming. Yeah, I think it's a good movie like that. It, it was kind of a fun movie to see with people. Like, there, there were only, like, five people in my theater, though. But you mm-hmm. got the sense that, like, there's, like, moments that are, like, shocking that you could tell would be funny. Like, shocking comedically that would be funny, like, with a big crowd or whatever, like we were kind of talking about. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Netflix stocks, do you guys see the Woodstock one? Woodstock '99. I saw. Yeah, I saw that out. one. I haven't yeah. watched it because what was the one we all watched a couple months oh. ago? Was that HBO Max? Oh, is that different than there's the a different one? Oh, okay, yeah. I saw the HBO uh, Wood- Woodstock '99. Yeah, right? there's two of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it was pretty good. I mean, it was insane, but. <laughs> yeah, I thought the other the HBO Max one was decent. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's probably, it's probably a lot of redundant thing. information. I don't yeah. know how much you need to. Yeah, it's, it's like okay. the fire, two fire festival. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, just like that. That was Netflix and Hulu that did that? I believe so. Yeah. 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 I kind of, I, I like the two fire one. Like, the fire ones had slightly different tools. They did have, sli- I, I found yeah. value in watching both of yeah. those. I don't know if this one would be the same, but maybe it is. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it has, like, different interviews and stuff. Yeah, this is like, what were you just thinking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, so we just finished chilling out. So we can start with, we were soldiers. Right. Oh, yes, we were. Oh, yes, we were. In a way, it sounds like, like beat poetry or something. <laughs> <laughs> like that part in uh, So I Married an Axe Murder. Whoa, man. Whoa, man. Whoa, yeah. man. Yeah. I've never seen that movie. Oh really? Yeah. It's you should. It's not bad. I think it's on HBO. Yeah. It's uh, it's very nineties in yeah. a way that like even Wayne's World doesn't feel that nineties, even though Wayne's World's super nineties. Like Wayne's yeah. World feels more, a lot more contemporary to me than Sorry, I'm an expert. Yeah. Like he's got the floppy like middle <laughs> part. He's got. Yeah, like there she goes on the soundtrack, like several times. Yeah, I would say possibly more than two different versions. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) but yeah, uh, great Phil Hartman performance Mm -hmm. in that one. Which one has he not had a great performance? Yeah, no, that's true. That's a that's a standout one for me. And uh, Anthony LaPaglia. Yeah, as like his best friend. Yeah, (laughs) very weird. Uh, And Averman. Oh. Mighty Ducks. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, he's Heed. <laughs> and uh, Mike Myers plays multiple characters. Of course. Oh, yeah. uh, and one of them's like his Scottish grandpa. So of course. It's like of a, course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there's some great stuff with the Scottish grandpa and mm. Averman. Oh, so that's all I'll say. Yeah. The, the, the movie itself is, I would say, not as good as like Wayne's World, but like. No. There's, but it, there's some good It's now. like a pretty solid, like, 90s romantic comedy. Check it out. Uh, but yes, we were talking about We Were Soldiers. Not so I married an axe murder. Not so I married an axe murder. But uh, we were soldiers. Yeah, we were. Oh, yes, we were. <laughs> All right, so this movie yes. comes out March 2nd, 2002. March 1st, right? March 1st, okay, sorry. Um, did you guys see this movie in theaters? Yeah. I I saw it opening night. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it on DVD. Uh, like, shortly after it came out, or recently? No, after it came out. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, probably, like, immediately yeah. after it came out. So, yeah. What, like, late 2002, probably, I would have probably. seen it for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I saw it opening night in theaters, and, uh, I, I liked it at the time. I, I, I wouldn't say that I thought it was one of the best movies of the year or anything at the time but i thought it was probably like a a b b minus movie when i saw it yeah, um, i really enjoyed it being a like war movie and history yeah, nerd it was yeah. right up my alley so yeah i i remember buying it on dvd when it came out and i think we watched it yeah yeah, yeah. and there there's like moments watching this movie uh when i watched it like the other day and i finished it this morning actually but I remember like it having a lot of moments that went over really well with the crowd and the audience, specifically Sam Elliott. Yeah. Yeah. Sam Elliott, no mustache. Always <laughs> a strange sight. Yeah. It looks like it looks like God. Did you CGI that thing out? Like Henry Cavill's mustache in yeah. Superman versus Batman or whatever movie that was, or was it Justice League? It was Justice League. Yeah, uh, one of those. I think it was Justice League yeah. where it was CGI'd out because he was filming Mission Impossible. Right. Um. But uh, yeah. So you you liked it at the time, Travis? Oh yeah, I definitely did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also it was like right post nine eleven, super patriotic movie. 
Yeah. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I don't really remember how I felt about it. I felt like I thought it was like fine. Yeah. But maybe not like. I, I this was at a time when I held like movies like Platoon in very high regard, higher mm-hmm. regard than I do now. But, yeah. But like you know that was like a movie I saw like ninth grade, high school, or mm-hmm. whatever, or yeah. summer before high school, and I was like, oh god, that's a great movie or whatever. Yeah. You know, like my dad showing me movies that I can handle more now, or at that age, and um. So I don't know. Maybe I just I I thought it was okay. I remember mm-hmm. thinking it was all right. Yeah. And, and I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I do, I do remember thinking that it was weird that it got like no Academy Awards attention at all. Yeah. And, and it was an early, well, yeah, yeah it, it came out in March. March so yeah. yeah, it, I think just kind of got forgotten about because it does kind of feel at moments like it was kind of grasping at, it felt like it was trying to be yeah. that like, and, Paramount must have not thought that it had that potential because mm-hmm. they could have probably released it three months earlier yeah. in December if they thought it was yeah. going to be that. I don't know. Um, and I did actually read that it uh, it had to be pushed back at some point in the production because uh chris klein because chris klein was filming american pie 2 well, you gotta throw everything out for and <laughs> they must have thought the klein factor was so important they had to push it back yeah very um, bizarre decision yeah 2002 is not chris klein's year uh with rollerball no as well. um yeah so i think uh one of the reasons it kind of had um, delays is because of chris klein and his Busy schedule with American Pie 2. Okay. Yeah. Odd odd decision. Not just <laughs> recasting with another young actor. Yeah, we gotta have... No. I wonder who who really wanted Chris Klein in the it movie. It was the director. Oh, it was Randall, yeah, yeah, Randall yeah, he, Wallace. In the, one of the few things he said in the commentary, he was like, oh, this kid's really good, Chris Klein. And then, also kind of funny, he talks about, like, oh, there's this young man named John, John Hamm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was funny to see John Hamm. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Definitely saw this movie before I knew who John Hamm was, and never put the two and two together. Yeah. Like, oh, is that guy from We Were Sculpture? <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. Well, I think if you guys read the IMDb trivia, you learned that John Hamm was like just about, about to qu- quit acting. Yeah, yeah, quit acting, and then he got the part in this movie. But yeah, this was quite a bit before Mad Men, right? This was like mm-hmm. six, seven years prior. He was about to turn 30, right? According yeah, to that, was, yeah. that was the deal, yeah. yeah. Uh, so he's kind of old to be playing the character. He's, well, I mean, I guess they, they could have all been career. Yeah, like, yeah he's an officer. Yeah, yeah. Some, some of the soldiers are a little older. That's true. They were all, like, officers, Yeah, right? they were all officers. That was yeah. the thing, yeah. Um, yeah, and so it's interesting that he decided not to quit acting. But then it took him several years to have a real breakout after that. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what he did in between this and that and Mad Men. Well, he, he must have been getting, like, nothing. Yeah, uh, well, prior to We Were Soldiers. But I I think he was married or something like that to Jennifer Westfeld. Or maybe they were just, like, a, a couple or whatever. But the lady that directed Kissing Je- Jessica Stein... 
they were in a relationship of some kind. So he was in that movie, mm. which we're going to be talking oh, about okay. soon. I didn't know he was in that. Um, you know what John Hamm and uh, frequent topic of discussion on this show Liam Neeson have in common, don't you? Oh boy. The old hogs? That, that, that <laughs> is the rumor. Yeah. That is the rumor. Is it like an Evian or Dasani? Uh, I don't know. I've just heard that it's large. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where I heard that. It just kind of became one of those things that like someone on set who filmed a movie with him oh, said okay. it. And <laughs> it kind of took on a life of its own. A life own. of its own. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, the funniest thing to me about John Hamm in this movie, though, mm-hmm. his character name. Did you guys catch this character name? It's Matt Dillon. It's Matt Dillon. <laughs> mm, I didn't, I didn't yeah. catch that, yeah. no. Uh, yeah, John Hamm and a, a bunch of people are in this movie. Yeah. Got, uh, this is a pretty, I would say a pretty stacked cast, right? Yeah, we got uh, Barry Pepper. Uh-huh. Barry Pepper, who was like, Hollywood was like, you're making a war movie? We gotta throw Barry Pepper yeah. somewhere uh, in there after Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Uh, and Ryan Hurst. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Madeline Stow. This yeah. is like the end of the Madeline Stow Hollywood era. Uh, Yeah. Because she was in Imposter, which we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg Kinnear. So, Greg, Greg Kinnear. Kinnear yes. Got so. Carrie Russell from Felicity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Chris uh, Klein, as we talked about. Sam Elliott, who we talked about. Clark Gregg. Clark Gregg. That's yeah, another one. Very young Clark Gregg. Agent Coulson. Yeah. Clark Gregg and uh, John Hamm would become pretty, uh, maybe not household names, but uh, recognizable yeah. later on. Well, people know John Hamm's name, but Clark Gregg, they probably just know as the Marvel uh, agent guy. I'm going to butcher this guy's name probably. uh, Duong Don, who's the... Oh, yeah, who was the general. Yeah, so apparently he's like... He laughed when he got cast in this because he's apparently the Vietnamese Mel Gibson. Yeah, he's like... uh, I I did read... I'm not Uh, familiar with him, but I did read a little bit about his background. He's like a pretty big deal over there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was. Yeah, he's not alive anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did I, did I read that the, um, the guy that Sam Elliott played in the movie, uh, he was on set and he, like, refused to shake the hand of the actor? Yes, the Japanese, uh, yeah. Of the Vietnamese actor, actor, uh, just for, you know, he just couldn't handle it. Uh, Yeah, yeah, um, and apparently him and Sam Elliott became such good friends that, like, Sam Elliott was with his wife and child, like, at the funeral, taking the flag. Yeah. Like, yeah, apparently they're, like, super good friends. Yeah, I right. saw that. Uh, way further down the cast list, um, a couple guys. Well, uh, first there's Dylan Walsh, who we didn't mention, from, like, Nip Tuck. Yeah, that he's... W- is he one of the generals, or is he a soldier? He's a captain. Yeah, there was a couple guys that recognized their faces, but I didn't really know who they were. I was like, oh, it's one of those guys kind of thing. And, um, what's his name? Daniel Roebuck from... Yeah, I was going to say, way uh, down the cast list. Way Daniel down. Roebuck Daniel, there. <laughs> uh, the guy, one Jay of the... Leno. Yes, he played Jay Leno in The Late Shift, and he was, um, one of the U.S. Marshals from U.S. Marshals. Oh, nice. Uh, but he was the guy that, uh like had the confrontation with greg kinnear when he oh, got back yeah. and he was like you led my men into a hot lz and then yeah. greg kinnear pulled the gun pulled the gun on him yeah. <laughs> and he was that like well. you wouldn't believe the day i had uh 
Which I would assume probably happened. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why else yeah. they would put it in the movie. I don't remember if that was a happened or not happened in yeah. the three hours of commentary. <laughs> so the commentary, that it was basically just either this was real or not real. Yeah. Yeah. And occasionally, like, that's a cool, that's a good actor. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but if you thought that about Chris Klein, then I'm dubious yeah. about yeah. this opinion Chris Klein. in general. Yeah. Uh, also, one other shout out to the guy I, I saw briefly and texted you guys about is, uh, Patrick Saint Esprit, mm-hmm. I think is how you say his name. Um, yeah, uh, not not a household name, obviously, and not even a household face. But he's he's the GM of the Seattle Seahawks in uh, Draft Day, which is a movie Travis and I have seen several times. A fantastic film, uh, definitely. It's Moneyball Light. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've seen it a few times thanks to you guys. It's great. I got I watch it every year right before the NFL draft. I have to do it gets you in the mood i was just looking him up to see what else he's been in and kind of not a lot really not a lot that i've seen um, a lot of tv i mean he was in green zone with uh oh, I never saw matt damon that. which i remember yeah, don't don't do that you don't like it no it's bad uh no not very good we you travis and i yeah, saw yeah. that in theaters um yeah that guy hasn't been in a whole lot it really hasn't, but I... But, uh, let's check out. He looks exactly the same in this movie, but he's only in this movie yeah. for, like, maybe 15 seconds, and he's just, like, walking in a hallway, and yeah. he's credited as General in Hallway. <laughs> I mean, he's a he's a cool-looking guy. I'd like to see him in more stuff. Yeah, sure. Another commentary Oh, uh, he was in uh, United 93 as a major, which I think I actually do remember him from. Okay. Yeah. Which is a f- funny, because that movie cast... Largely unknowns for the most part, or like yeah, or maybe actors, actors you would have seen in like one scene of like something, like um, it's that pancake eating motherfucker yeah. from Draft Day. Like one of the, <laughs> one of the guys from uh, Jingle All the Way is yeah. A, well, the new list price just doubled, guy. Yeah, yeah. Jingle All oh, the yeah. Way. Yeah. Is one of the passengers. I mean, um, I, I mean, I remember seeing that movie and laughing at that, which is not a movie you want to be caught dead <laughs> laughing in a theater. During. No, no. Speaking of like, like memorable communal theater going experiences, that one of the most dour. I do sure. remember seeing that very well, and not in a good way because yeah. everybody, everybody was like quiet and everyone felt like shit. Yeah. Like, why are we doing this to ourselves? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Weird movie. See, Paul Greengrass. Weird Another Paul Greengrass. Yeah. Weird weird guy. Weird director. Uh, But anyhow, yeah. A lot of of actors in uh, We Were Soldiers. Uh, Should we talk about the... Should we get into the plot at all? Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, yeah. So the not a lot. Yeah, so I guess the as far as the basics go, it's about Colonel Halmore, who yeah. is in this movie played by Mel Gibson, who pre controversy Mel Gibson. Yeah. Yes. The majority yeah. of his controversy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this was uh I'm trying to think when like his controversial period was i think like 2005 or 6 uh you can go ahead i'll look up all that yeah. stuff while you talk about the uh i think 2006 is when like the you know the whole the DUI. dui experience the sugar tits thing yeah the divorce and the yeah things. when that all uh, unfolded that was i believe 2006 and 
prior to that, uh, he directed The Passion of the Christ, and then I think before that, the only thing he did was Signs. But well, I think we'll we'll get into Mel Gibson's career when we finish up with the the plot of We Were Soldiers. But uh, this movie is about Colonel Halmore and him leading his battalion in what I think turned out to be like the first U.S. Uh, Vietnam battle, right? Uh, yeah, it was the first large-scale battle where we uh, yeah. fought the North Vietnamese army. Right. Yeah. Uh, Ia Drang. Yeah, Ia the Drang. battle of Ia Drang. And this movie is actually just like mainly specifically the battle at LZ X-Ray. Right, because yeah. there was like a couple... It's funny, like you LZ is something that is said like nonstop yeah, in this movie, zone. which is landing zone. Yeah. yeah, and this movie is just about one of those landing zones. Uh, X-ray. What's the other one? Albany is I the other. So yeah, there's. I mean, the, LZ. The battle went on for quite a while after, yeah, yeah. but this was just the specific like X-ray. Right. Yeah, and yeah. So basically, he leads four hundred men into battle, and they are unaware that they're like basically the landing zone is next to mountains which are which is like the base camp for how many thousands yeah it's like uh several thousand and he had the 395 men exactly yeah he had like less than 400 men um uh quick aside yeah this movie Uh a lot of the scenes in this movie to me felt like dudes filming in a park (laughs) <laughs> like, for, for a movie that's prestige or trying uh-huh. to be prestige this movie felt an awful lot like like if dudes going to like the nature center like, and, like if we were to take our camera yeah, and just film at the like local if we were being like we're in vietnam like, no that's a park <laughs> like that doesn't uh like the movie like tropic thunder like which actually shot on location or whatever felt way more like appropriate like or realistic to me uh-huh. and like this movie like maybe that's part of it like to me but like it, there are scenes where it's just like that just it just looks like guys <laughs> in bushes like yeah. like yeah. that could be like yeah your buddy's house you know yeah. his backyard yeah a lot of the training stuff looked like it was just in the park yeah it's it, it, yeah. it just kind of weird i don't i don't know how to describe it because i don't know how it should look yeah but yeah. It didn't feel very authentic. Yeah, I think it's because they actually shot it at Fort Benning, which is where they trained. So they're probably like, we don't need to make it look authentic. It yeah. is authentic. So they just like went with that, even though it kind of just looks like a park. Yeah, you have to make it a little more. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, I yeah. I did read that they they grew they actually like grew the grass and like produced the the land where they filmed on like shortly before they filmed it yeah for the vietnam scene yeah, yeah they like brought in plants and yeah. grass and... um because there was one like uh, imdb factoid where it was like well they didn't you know they didn't build the set they grew it yeah yeah it... <laughs> but yeah it does kind of look there's like a like if you watch a lot of like I don't know, like, 80s exploitation movies about Vietnam. Like, it just looks like dudes, like you said, like, in a park. Yeah. And I do think that one of the things that this movie has going for it is that the battle scenes are pretty, like, effective. I mean, they're definitely gruesome. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like the Gibson and uh, 
Randall Wallace yeah. kind of combo combo. Is that they're like, they're violent. They're I mean that dude gets charred and looks like Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Lifted away on the helicopter. Yeah. Like they're very brutal and that's like again, that's definitely in keeping with kind of Mel mm-hmm. Gibson's thing. Um but yeah, I don't know, like a lot of the like even though the I think the action and stuff is effective it just looked at times like a reenactment to me, you know, like a Civil War reenactors yeah. or whatever, just like, like at some sort of fairgrounds. Yeah, you know? I don't know. Uh, yeah, there, the movie is basically like uh, it's kind of like skirmish, and then there's like downtime where they're like counting the wounded and the dead, and then skirmish, and then there's downtime, and then wounds are being dressed. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, like, those scenes where there's, like, the downtime, that's where you notice that it, it kind of looks like a reenactment. But the, I don't know, the gunfights themselves are pretty, I think they work still. Yeah, I think I think the stunt guys did a really good job on, like, the squibs and, like, a lot of that stuff looked pretty real. It's definitely, like, yeah. effective at showing, like, mm-hmm. the horrors of war. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so this movie's kind of like two movies in one. Is what I would say too. Yeah, because of the. It's got the stuff with the wives uh, at home, and then it's got the battle stuff. Yeah. Because once this, once they go to war, it's it's just them fighting basically. That's the gist of it. Mm-hmm. And then it's Madeline Stowe and like Carrie Russell delivering news of dead soldiers to yeah. their wives yeah. at home. Yeah. Like that's, that's right. That's yeah. that storyline. Yeah. A uh, very bizarre scene early in the movie when all the wives uh-huh. are like getting together mm-hmm. and uh that one that one of the wives is like, Yeah, there's a great laundry mat in town <laughs> but uh they don't let you wash your colored clothes there. It says whites only. <laughs> and, and and you're just like it's fuck what fucking year what what year is it? Sixty five, like, yeah. Okay. Georgia. You can't be that daft to not get what <laughs> yeah. that means. Like, then, yeah. You know? yeah. You're right. Like, if you saw that now, everyone would know instantly, of course. But, like, even then, like, it's the height of that period, you know? Sort right. Of the civil rights movement and stuff is in the 60s. Like, yeah. Like, Maybe she that's was really such felt a weird scene. <laughs> yeah. Know, yeah. That's so weird. It's such a weird scene. I just remember. Yeah. Like, Clearly, men. Fucking idiot. (laughs) Clearly, men is like a weird context clue for people watching it like nowadays. Well, yeah, but not a very like. I mean, the camera is like cutting to the one black wife. Yeah, the entire (laughs) thing during it, so it's like you just be like, oh god, but it doesn't come across as like how horrible for her. I mean, obviously it is, but like Mm -hmm. it comes across like that person's a fucking moron (laughs) for not getting it. Yeah. I guess maybe we could do just a really quick linear explanation of what led us, you know, to the, the battle, I guess. So, uh, like we said, the, the general in the hallway, he's talking at the beginning of the movie of about how they need, Air an air cav unit, yeah, to yeah. you know, kind of do this, fly in there and do what they need to do. And the first, I would say, forty minutes of the movie is pretty standard issue war movie. Let's get the crew together, mm-hmm. stuff like training and 
you know, here's this guy, and here, you know, he's got this nickname because he does this. And snake shit. Snake shit because he flies lower than snake shit. Too tall. Yeah, too tall because he's too tall. <laughs> Uh, you know, and they've, you know, got families and perfect, uh, family lives and very, like, basic stuff Yeah. before yeah. you get to the battle. You see Mel Gibson praying with his brood of children, which yeah. somehow feels very accurate to the real <laughs> Mel Gibson. <laughs> yeah. God damn, how many kids does this fucking guy have? Uh, yeah. There, there weren't a lot of scenes in this movie where I, like was like oh haha this is like real bad but every time chris klein showed up i mean there's one scene in particular that yeah. i think is easily the worst scene in the movie and it's the scene where they pray together the chapel, uh, yeah. of course yeah, that's, yeah. And, and it's like chris klein you're like you think being a good soldier <laughs> makes you a good father or whatever you know like, yeah oh, fuck why is this guy in this yeah. movie <laughs> Why is this guy in any movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there's some real cornball, like, war movie dialogue in this movie, but said by Chris Klein makes it seem, like, even worse. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they took some heat for that from the critics. And yeah. The director was like, that's what they said. He's say. like, that's what they said, yeah. Like, like the, I want to die for my country kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, some of Sam Elliott's lines, probably. Yeah. Like, about him, like... Like giving Barry Pepper a gun, like right. you're today. No one's sitting out this one or whatever it says. <laughs> Prepare to defend yourself. Yeah. See, any of you call me Grandpa, I'll kill your ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the uh, when they go to that meeting at the like general's house, they do actually get into something that's like pretty important as part of like the battle. Uh-huh. Is that since Vietnam wasn't declared a war. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't re-enlist the most experienced guys, so all of these guys are new guys. So that's yeah. he had to go to war with like brand new guys, basically. Right. So that's why they're all young and inexperienced. Yeah. And so they all had like, in terms of the military, like somewhat cushy positions, yeah. right? Because yeah. they were all like officers. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah. he had to like, oh yeah, I'm a brand new like 22 year old officer. Yeah. Right. Instead of like guys with world war ii experience or korea experience at this point yeah so yeah so immediately like after the like all the the training stuff in the first 40 minutes they they get sent to vietnam and they 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 find out that a a unit has been attacked right yeah basically a unit got attacked and then the vietnamese retreated mm-hmm. and they're, they're gonna go chase after him which is an obvious ambush <laughs> right <laughs> Because then, like, you know, a few scenes later, once they finally get sent, or once they arrive at Iadrang, uh, like, they see a guy that kind of runs away, and they, like, start to chase after him, and then it's basically revealed right away that it's, like, a scout. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's when that group, that platoon, gets separated from the main group. Yeah, because like, the one officer was a moron and decided to chase after him. Right. <laughs> uh, whose character I can't remember at yeah. this point. Like, Hillard or something? something like, he dies pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's when Ryan Hurst has to assume command yeah, yeah. of that platoon. And they're, like, kind of separated for most of the movie from the main group. Yeah, they, no one can yeah. get to them. There's, like, all those scenes of, like, different groups trying to get them and dying. Yeah. Uh, 
so that's that's probably like the first half of this movie yeah i mean the second half is bad right yeah, yeah i mean it's yeah, pretty much yeah it like it cuts from yeah, the mean, battle to the the wives, the wives back yeah, home on I the mean, base for kind of a long movie i don't think it's all that boring like i didn't love it i, I didn't no. really like it actually but like i didn't hate it either and i was like all right well this is basically what i remember it to be you know yeah i think the wives part was interesting because you don't really see that like sometimes you'll see like one letter like saving Private ryan kind of thing yeah but you don't see like how many they get and like yeah. stuff like that they yeah they tried to dedicate like a half hour of this movie yeah. to the you know the base and the wives you know being told that their husbands have died yeah. and apparently that actually did happen uh his wife would go with them and explain yeah so mm-hmm. comfort them yeah um yeah i mean th- that feels very like classic war movie thing like especially like world war Two movie where mm-hmm. it's, it's, what's what's life like at home what's life abroad? Uh, yeah um <laughs> yeah. I, I that stuff doesn't work as well for me not because it's not like an interesting story but it's almost like you could have made an entire movie about the wives of soldiers mm-hmm. rather than making it this b subplot in yeah. this movie yeah. you know like you could have that could have been its own movie is about what they had to do yeah and the responsibilities they assumed here versus you know. i guess they could have just cut this movie way down and just made it just the action or... yeah I yeah mean, especially given that it didn't get a big oscar push and a lot of the stuff with the wives feels like the weightier more emotional stuff yeah and so like you could have just made this movie like 90 minutes of carnage yeah to show people like what vietnam was like yeah and it probably would have been more well remembered <laughs> i would think yeah it's like the the madeline stowe stuff was like a november december movie yeah and exactly. the the Mel Gibson stuff was like an. I mean, that's a Mel Gibson April <laughs> action closer film. Closer in tone to the Patriot than yeah. like, you know, yeah. Braveheart even. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I was thinking like the because I I do ultimately think what works best about the movie is the the battle scenes and the way they're cut. Um, I think that's probably the strongest element this movie has going for it like if you just kind of either built a movie around that and kind of dialed down the kind of cornball character dialogue stuff i think that fundamentally if you're Uh, making a movie about vietnam that's trying to be patriotic you're doing mm, a movie about vietnam the wrong way yeah i think you're taking the wrong lessons away from it yeah so that's that was kind of my thing where it's like anytime it tried to make you feel proud of like this country or whatever i'm just like in vietnam no (laughs) but uh yeah yeah the the score is like too triumphant and too like you know string swelling if you were to like maybe cut out the music and just let the action be the score. It might be a better movie, like if a, a like took a more documentary style approach. Saving yeah. Private Ryan style, like Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Just because I think the action scenes or the battle scenes are like good enough, um, it might be a better movie. Uh, uh, so I'm kind of I'm kind of an Eastwood mark, even against my better judgment, mm-hmm. Clint Eastwood. And I don't think these movies are all that great, but they're like 
they're all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is his flags Pfizer. and fathers and letters from Iwo Jima yeah. like thing? And I think one thing that obviously that movie does because there's two mm-hmm. of them or those two yeah. movies do um, is show kind of the other side of it. Yeah, and this movie hints at doing that a little yeah. bit, but yeah, it doesn't do. quite go into it at all. They get into the tunnels, but they don't really like yeah. get into that whole interaction. Yeah, yeah, and then they they show like. <laughs> They recover that, like, journal or whatever, and they sh- and it was like, oh, this is a guy with a wife somewhere, too, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, but it doesn't quite go deep enough with that, but it does do it a little more than I kind of expected yeah. it to. Yeah, it's like... I, I, I was I went into this thinking, like, oh, this is going to be, like, Mel Gibson at his most, like, yeah. rah-rah, and it, it is for a while. Yeah. It sort of goes into it. Yeah, like, I think... I'm sure it gets some criticism for being, like, super jingoistic and patriotic, or, like, like almost, like, propaganda. Uh, But I think it does at least kind of try to... Once they get into the battles, I think it's better. Yeah, I think it does try to kind of explore uh, things that other war movies didn't, like, you know, the stuff with the wives back home and the other side. Um, Yeah, pre-them actually going... Yeah, it's worse because it's like Mel Gibson, like in that chapel scene, like yeah. don't listen to their heathen prayers, and stuff yeah. like that. And you're just like, all right, yeah. come on. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I I think there's like a couple, like two ways that this movie could be like a like a different, better movie, which is either you kind of like cut out the the bad dialogue and the like the character stuff that's like more generic and just make it more about the battles and cut out the cheesy score or you just double down on like kind of the like the exploitation element like make it more of a non non exploitation movie just make it more of a cheesy action movie yeah i mean or I just kind of like an over the top cartoonish action movie to do more of the patriot thing yeah because like the patriot is not at all like uh like any kind of attempt at historical accuracy really yeah like i mean that movie is just like an excuse for mel gibson to go nuts and then like show a cannonball (laughs) blowing a guy's head off and stuff like that yeah and you're just like okay this kind of rules even though it's very stupid yeah um yeah i i guess maybe vietnam feels so modern and Mm -hmm. too modern yeah to do that you know Obviously, yeah. you can get away with it with like the Patriot and Braveheart and stuff because yeah, those no one no one knows that time period, but with it, I mean, and now I think you can get away with it more with World War Two because basically all those yeah. guys are dead. Um, so yeah, like I'm not saying it'd be very tasteful, but I'm just saying it would yeah. be like a more consistent movie if it was just like a think, like a cartoonish. I think it'd be a more memorable. Yeah, yeah. And it'd be hard to do a two-sided Nazi movie. Like, yeah, can't really show the other side. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Nazis are like yeah. the very like real boogeyman. Yeah, you know? like the one that everyone, not everyone, and not everyone in this country, but most people in this country can be like, yeah, everybody hates Nazis. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. They can't yeah. be like, oh, this is like this was a good Nazi commander. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but. Yeah, I remember when I saw this in theaters, like, all the Sam Elliott stuff got a 
pretty good crowd response. Like uh, he's one of my least favorite parts <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> I enjoyed Sam Elliott. I mean, I like yeah. Sam Elliott doing Sam Elliott yeah. stuff, but in terms of the context of the movie, I was like, I don't want this character in this movie. <laughs> I want this character in Roadhouse. Sure, <laughs> not in this movie. But you know, when he was like, well, Custer was a fucking pussy, like that kind of stuff. <laughs> like I remember the crowd like thought that was hysterical, and that's kind of what makes me think that if this was more of a like kind of a goofy action movie it might go like it might work a little bit better uh, yeah. did you guys see the uh, deleted scene i sent you no oh. i didn't i didn't watch it it was it's pretty good it's like uh i did oh yeah i, I enjoyed the butt it cheeks. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's pretty good everyone should check it out uh i it i, I understand why it should be cut because it's like a three hour long movie but it's I would have enjoyed it if they took out the chapel scene or something. <laughs> yeah, so that scene is, it's like some of the soldiers, not none of the like memorable actors, but like some of the soldiers talking about the impending arrival of Mel Gibson. Yeah. And um, they're telling, they're like, what do you know about this guy? And he tells this story about a, a young... A young, like, sergeant. He was a young lieutenant. Young lieutenant, yeah, who, like, takes command of of a group. Yeah, it was, like, one of the guy's groups, and there's this, like, grizzled old sergeant with, like, scars all over his face. Uh. And the lieutenant's like, I want to see what I got. Everyone wear your medals kind of thing. Yeah. So everyone wears their medals except the sergeant, and he starts going off on the sergeant, basically. Like, why don't you listen to me? Go wear your medals. Mm-hmm. So the guy comes back, and he's butt naked wearing two Congressional Medals of Honor because he fought in World War Two. Yeah. So, like, it was just kind of a funny, like, little anecdote yeah. of, like, how badass the new guy is. Yeah, well, and they're like, wait, that's our, that's <laughs> Mel Gibson? And they're like, no, but Mel, G- but this guy was afraid of Mel Gibson. Yeah. And that's the, <laughs> yeah, that's no. the scene. <laughs> yeah. Like, so Mel Gibson's not even... Like, you can see why it's cut, because it really has nothing to do yeah. with anybody yeah. that's actually in the movie. Yeah. Um, it's only, well, but this guy. Yeah. He yeah. was scared of uh, Mel Gibson. But, but ha- Colonel Hal Moore. Yeah. Mel Gibson's Colonel Hal Moore. Yeah. 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 So, it's... I mean, it's, like, kind of a funny scene, yeah. I guess, yeah. but it's... it's you could, It feels irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I was yeah. like, yeah, it's already a really long movie, so yeah. I get it, but... Well, did you guys also see that they shot like, uh, like a week's worth of footage yeah, or one hundred and fifty hours of film? Yeah, miles of film, yeah. right? Insane. Yeah, it, yeah. it took them six days editing, to man. watch it to edit it. Yeah, straight, <laughs> straight to finish, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Also insane. They shot this movie chronologically. Yes. Really? Yes. I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, it was shot in sequence. Yeah. Which, Which, he wanted it for the battle, so like the final uh, battle. That, I mean, yeah, that makes sense, sense yeah. for the battle, I guess. It's not a movie that's like too demanding plot-wise, obviously. It's them training and then them going to war. So you yeah. can kind of yeah. do it pretty easily. Yeah. But you would think like all of the Ryan Hurst scenes would be shot at one time. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Well, yeah, we, yeah. Got, we got Sam Elliott for three weeks. Or yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, he's in this one spot. Why don't we just get it all now? Yeah. Uh, what else? Plot-wise, do we want to hit on anything? Um, I mean, it ends with that very cheesy Mel Gibson and age makeup at the end. Sure. You're kind of saving forever Ryan ending. Right. Uh, But before... I mean, it's where we leave off on, like, the 
the discussion. Like, so Ryan Hurst's platoon gets separated, and then it kind of cuts back to uh, Colonel Moore, uh, like, kind of securing weak points yeah, and kind of fending not off. Get flanked. Yeah, just using, like, artillery to keep everybody off. Um, then they get overran and have to call Broken Arrow. They have to call is, Broken Arrow. Which is basically all Arrow assets. I was like, oh, damn, I wish I was watching Broken Arrow. Broken Arrow, Arrow right which now. is an awesome film. Yeah. <laughs> also means just send everything you can to save us. Yeah, so, like, basically the Broken Arrow code means, like, we're we're surrounded yeah we're surrounded and, send all air assets yeah and drop bombs basically as close to us as yeah as you, you can, can. Yeah, yeah, yeah like like because they're like being very closely approached by the enemy it's just like drop bombs basically right on us yeah uh, which obviously kills them yeah and then the radio guy's like oh what have i done um yeah but he had to do it. And Colonel Moore's like, you had to do what you had to do. Yeah. Um, well, the radio guy, I can't remember who that actor was. No. I don't know, he's just a guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, then after that, it's pretty, I mean, they cut back to like the base a couple more times. And then after that, it's like the big, um, the big like final showdown, right? Yeah, they're pretty much, yeah, they, pretty much end up atta- i mean also in that barry pepper who's mm-hmm. a reporter ends up getting on one of the choppers oh yeah we forgot about him. barry pepper and his character yeah uh, um, joe galloway yeah joe galloway and he's one of the writers of the book we were yeah. soldiers so the the book we were soldiers was written by hal moore and joe galloway yeah who's the reporter who was he was alive up until like last year yep uh 2021 yeah. Yeah. yeah hal moore died in 2017 yeah as a three-star general right uh, very odd to me that, uh, I guess I'm jumping ahead too much, but very odd to me the way the movie, the movie shows you how awful it is and uh-huh. then it ends with Mel Gibson still feeling like patriotic and it's like a more effective version of this movie, even if it's less realistic to the real guy. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, you should be a little disillusioned. Like he had to like yeah. effectively kill some of his own soldiers because it was their only option because they're in a war that they were ill prepared for and didn't know how to fight uh which obviously is emblematic of the entire vietnam war and like but then he's just like hey there's all my guys and he's (laughs) like here's the american flag and you're just Mm -hmm. how did we arrive at this after what we just watched (laughs) yeah i think it would have been better to just not even show that like uh at the very end when yeah all the bodies are yeah or do like a the text thing like surgeon how more yeah he's a three-star general because he was still alive right stuff like that joe galloway wrote the book yeah yeah that i don't think you really need to do the like saving private ryan ending where it's yeah let's put age makeup on mel gibson (laughs) and have him like tearfully stand at a at a memorial right uh, but I think I read that that like kind of the last part of the battle didn't happen, right? Uh, like where they, they're like where they charge them, where they like the final charge, like yeah, that I, wasn't a real thing. Yeah, I'm that not was sure about just, that one. I didn't really. I think I read that. that was just 
put in there for the movie. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. They didn't want to make it more cinematic. And yeah, then, I'd imagine they just got reinforcements and were able to right. push them back. And they used that Scottish song. Yeah. I mean, it's more cinematic to have them charge. And yeah, like one final yeah. one final push. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, pretty much they had, that was it? A ten to one kill ratio. In yeah. LZ X Ray. Uh huh. So, although it was considered a win, it was also kind of a loss because we didn't get to take the <laughs> right the area we wanted to. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. the they like still claim the area after. Yeah. It was all over. I believe uh, I was reading that that was the first time the North Vietnamese thought they could like defeat us because uh-huh. they pushed us because we left after taking yeah. heavy casualties, kind of thing. Right. So it's like both sides claimed victory. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like Mogadishu. Like, after Black Hawk Down, we yeah. left. So they kind of considered a win. Yeah. Complete clusterfuck. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I also remember the when Greg Kinnear's character showed up at the end uh, and just kind of mowed everybody down in his helicopter. That got a big crowd response. Oh, yeah. Bruce Campbell to the rescue. When snake shit. Yeah. Bruce Campbell? <laughs> that yeah. Is... yeah, Major Bruce Campbell. Was it Bruce Campbell? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So wait, two guys are named after real actors. <laughs> is it, now is it that's the real Campbell name. or yeah, that's real or is it Crandall? No, it's Campbell. I think it's Crandall. Really? I'm going to look it up. All right, look it up. It is Crandall. Oh, it is okay. Crandall? Oh. So it's Bruce Crandall. Oh, Bruce Crandall. Not Campbell. I don't know. I was thinking Campbell. I like, yeah. I like Sam Elliott's name, which is just funny because it's some real guy's name. It's Basil Plumley. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That guy's got a lot of food in his name. So the <laughs> so the real Basil Plumley, that's the guy that like didn't want to shake the hand of the actor yeah, that yeah. played. Um... Was it the... Was it one of the NBA generals? No, he didn't. I mean, I could be wrong about this fact, but he didn't want to shake the hand of the guy that played Nguyen Huan. Okay. The the lieutenant. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but anyhow. Yeah, so there's, there's the, big, the big charge at the end, and Greg Kinnear shows up in his helicopter and kills everybody. And that's the end of the battle. At least Henry Kissinger is still alive. Uh-huh. There's also that really weird scene right at the end of the battle where the press gets flown in a helicopter and just circles oh, yeah, all the dead yeah. bodies. I was like, that, that, that happened? Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously war photographers were like a big part of it. Yeah. Especially back then. Um... Because that's what that's what Barry Pepper is. Yeah, I just want but to imagine it, like it a does, whole helicopter of them being yeah, the first, it does like, seem weird, in. like immediately just like rushing. Like imagine imagine surviving that battle and then the press just shows yeah. up, just like Jesus Christ. Yeah, and they, they're quite like, what do you think about all your dead men? And they're like what? <laughs> yeah, I think that's why like uh, Galloway and Moore were just like, I don't want to say anything, and they just walked away. Yeah, but. When did the scene happen where they, like, went to the, uh, like, the place where, the like, all the dead bodies were, and they were looking for, like, the two guys that were MIA, and one of which was Chris Klein? Yeah, so that was, like, towards the end. Was that before the final? We, yeah, he said we have a count of however many wounded, blah, blah, yeah. blah, before the final battle, mm-hmm. and they went into, it was, like, dark, and they went out and looked yeah. for them. Yeah. That scene, I remember being, like, the music was kind of cool and then they like do a close-up on chris klein's like arm and then the music got really cheesy (laughs) 
bracelet. Yeah, they yeah. show his bracelet. Yeah. And then, uh, basically, Chris Klein ruins, like, Everything. any cool yeah. moment in this movie. <laughs> yeah, when he got shot, his face looked like it was just bad acting all around. Shoo-ba-doo-ba-doo-ba-doo-bop. Yeah, man, Yeah, I mean, Chris Klein, dreadful actor. So I mean, bad. We've, yeah. we've kind of litigated his career yeah. on this show already, but yeah, he's really terrible. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think about Mel Gibson? I mean, okay. In. Let's, <laughs> let's, 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 let's as, a, as a person, as a performer. This is real <laughs> risky if yeah. you were to pull sound bites from, yeah. from whatever we're about oh, to yeah. say. He's great. Uh, Solid politics. Dan's and, like, oh, I love Bill Gibson. <laughs> well, you got Andrew saying, oh, I love Dick. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, Mel Gibson's great. And he's like, what the fuck? Uh, I've never listened to these guys again. Well, uh, let's, okay, so uh, I will say, I looked it up when we were talking earlier. Yeah. 2006, he he's, wasn't immune to controversy. In the 90s, he said a bunch of awful shit about gay people. Yeah. And got in trouble with Glad. Mm, yeah. And then when he was promoting, like, Braveheart, I want to say he doubled down on it even. And then uh, in 97, he did some sort of PR thing with the gay and lesbian... Uh, For On the set of Conspiracy anti- Theory, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Glad, on the set of Conspiracy yeah. Theory. I for a minute, I was like the like the trash bag people. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, and the then gay I realized yes, yeah, anti defamation. Yeah, which which we talked about on our last episode when Jay and Silent Bob came yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, I was very confused for like a quarter of a second. Yeah. <laughs> so he, that that was like him in the nineties. So obviously not immune to controversy. Got some bad opinions, and then. 2006 is when he's pulled over and that's mm-hmm. that's when the, the the sugar tits thing the yeah. uh, the anti-semitic stuff yeah. mm-hmm. and then a few years after that in 2010 is when he was like recorded saying a bunch of that's racist like stuff about black not people. not good stuff yeah uh, stuff yeah. we won't even go into um <laughs> mel gibson not a good guy yeah. we can say that definitively yeah. However you feel about him as an actor, which I will say, like, I think contextually, something that maybe younger people who might listen to this show might not understand is that Mel Gibson was a big movie star in the 90s. Huge. Yeah. Huge movie star in the late 80s and 90s. Yeah. And it wasn't even baseless, I would say, my opinion is. I would say you watch the Lethal Weapon movies and mm-hmm. you watch some of those movies, movies I don't really like, and you're just like, like Maverick or whatever. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, I get it. I get why he's a, a Yeah. I still have a soft spot for Maverick. Me too. Which yeah. I yeah. own on Blu-ray. Okay. You guys will hear later. Is, now, is that, would that, where would, would you guys have that in your top fives? Well, we'll get to We'll the, get there. Okay, okay. I, well, I was trying tease. to set up the top fives. <laughs> I didn't know if we were done doing, I mean, like, okay, the, talk uh, about Mel the actor a little bit. Like the, his How career in a nutshell. Uh, well, yeah, I, I think he is... Uh, charismatic, and he's one of those guys that I wish wasn't so problematic in real life. Sure, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I like a bunch of his—not a bunch, but a lot of his early stuff. Um, so like in the '80s, and well, like in '79, he did Mad Max, and then in early '80s, he did Road Warrior, and then you had like Tequila Sunrise, 
and then you get into like lethal weapon and then like in the mid 90s he did like a couple well he did like lethal weapon 3 and what are some other like mid 90s mel gibson hey, movies? Braveheart and Payback was like oh. late nineties. Okay, yeah. yeah. He, well, he had that soft period, like Forever Young, which he did. Yeah. Like three. He would kind of alternate between kind of softer movies, and I was just trying to kind of like paint a picture of his career leading up to We Were Soldiers. Well, I mean, Braveheart's Braveheart's the big one. That's that gets him award yeah. attention. Yeah. I think probably for the first time. And it was um, the one that he like directed. I think he directed something else prior, but... Yeah, I mean, let's see, some other movie like Ransom. That was 96, 96 yeah. Um, Mavericks, 94. Mm-hmm. Man Without a Face, that's a bad movie. Uh, <laughs> Forever, Forever Young. Forever Young, Lethal Weapon 3. Hamlet, did he direct Hamlet? I, I don't believe he directed Hamlet, but okay. that was late 80s? That was 90. 90, yeah. Oh, Burden on a Liar. Yeah, okay. So, after after Braveheart, what, he voices John Smith in Pocahontas. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see, Ransom, Conspiracy Theory, uh, and then, then he returns to Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. Yeah. And then Paycheck after that. Payback. Pay, payback, yes. Sorry, Paycheck. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> Paycheck's a, a terrible movie. Much worse movie. Um uh, and then and then the two thousands turn around and You got the see. Patriot. Well you got the Patriot, he's the voice of Rocky the and chicken. chicken Run. Yeah. Uh, which all a, all big movies, by the way. Yeah, big yeah. hit. What women want. Another big hit. Another big hit. Um and then we were soldiers. Yeah. He doesn't do anything really in two thousand one. Um and then that's that's like it, right? Well, like, no signs. Oh, signs, signs. Sorry, sorry. There's obviously one. obviously signs, but after two thousand two, yeah, that's after 2002, two thousand two. This, is, this ra- is basically the end of Mel Gibson. Yeah, it's like radio yeah. silence until, as far as the actor goes, because he directs like Apocalypto and The Passion, but yeah. I mean, he produces like trash like Paparazzi, which he has a small cameo yeah. in in '04. Um, but he's not in anything until Edge of Darkness. He is in the Singing Detective, the remake with yeah. Downey Jr. Right. Um, which they're buds, mm-hmm. even still. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, for the most part, yeah. Signs, signs is the end of Mel Gibson, the A-lister, as an actor. Yeah. Um, and he's, you know, he he does some stuff. He shows up. He he works with like S. Craig Zoller a lot now. Who's like mm-hmm. the, the bone tomahawk? Guy. Yeah, he plays a bad guy a lot. Expendables and boss level. Yeah, I mean nowadays he does things. like he's kind of some right? some theatrical stuff and a lot of direct to video stuff. So I would say Hacksaw Ridge is kind of his rehabilitation with Hollywood. that. Like brought him back because he yeah. got. There were awards. That movie got a lot of awards attention, and yeah. after that is when you started getting like, oh, he's in Daddy's Home Two playing uh, the yeah. bad boy dad and stuff like yeah. that. Um, and it's like, oh, I guess we're cool with Mel Gibson again. Yeah, we kind of are, but like, 
Not really, because he's not getting, like, big boobies. He's doing, yeah. like, smaller stuff. B to C level now. Yeah, and, like, Fat Man, which we watched yeah. in high school. <laughs> not a very good movie. You're welcome, guys. Uh, a movie that we all own because <laughs> of Travis. Oh, yeah. Uh, Fat Man. Um, okay, so, that's Mel Gibson, the answer. What do you guys think of Mel Gibson, the director? So, uh, um, that's a shorter conversation, because there's less. Yeah, um... I mean, he's definitely has a pretty distinct, maybe not visual style, but his movies are all like very violent and very much about like s- serious themes like honor and faith and stuff that you can imagine he would tell you he <laughs> believes very strongly in or whatever, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um,. So, all right, here's... I, I was just going to say, I always think, like, his movies, like, the violence doesn't quite match the, I don't know, the the tone or the the, the themes. Like, the, the violence always seems like it's more appropriate for, like, an action movie than, yeah, I mean, than Brave, like, an Oscar Beatty drama. Braveheart is the one, the one that, like, kind of wins him the yeah any kind of approval of the Mm -hmm. academy but like yeah even braveheart feels at times more like oh this is just a blockbuster or whatever yeah um all right so here's his directorial career man without a face Mm -hmm. is a movie i've seen on cable which is not very good um you guys seen that movie nope never no he's like well, I, I think I've face. maybe seen part of it on, like, TV, like, in the 90s. Weirdly, I've seen that and Forever Young, for some reason. Um, Braveheart, 95. Obviously, that's probably his defining... That'll be his yeah. defining movie of his career. Best picture. on how you feel about The Passion. Doesn't direct anything until 2004 when he directs Passion of the Christ. Movie we already talked about, so I guess mm-hmm. not really a lot to say uh apocalypto in 2006 which mm-hmm. i remember thinking was like all right mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i haven't seen right. apocalypto since A- apocalypto is actually my favorite of the mel gibson directorial yeah films. my second favorite i would probably say braveheart would be my number one i guess but i i don't know i haven't seen apocalypto since um isn't that that really expensive blu-ray like it's a super it's out of or something yeah, yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, I think yeah, it's one you, of those ones that's very expensive. If yeah. you have it, do you have it on Blu-ray? I do have it on Blu-ray. Yeah, I, I don't know if like, I don't know if I should admit to owning a Mel Gibson no, movie. Like hundreds of dollars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and then there's Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah. Yeah, but Apocalypto, it's just kind of like a Mayan action movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, I mean, and like it's almost like an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie that just happened to be set in like Mayan times. Get to the pyramid. Um, the thing that one of my favorite, like weird Mel Gibson anecdotes that I'd love to share, Mm -hmm. uh, which maybe you guys will remember, I'm sure that we've talked about it recently, somewhat recently anyway, is the trailer for Apocalypse. Do you remember this? Absolutely. Yeah. Do you remember this, Travis? Uh, I might. Okay. (laughs) So if you went frame by frame during the final Apocalypto trailer, or maybe it was the teaser, one of the trailers, um, if you went frame by frame, 
there's this very bizarre screenshot of Mel Gibson looking insane and staring directly at the camera. Really? For one frame. If you watched it, you you wouldn't even notice it. But someone taking screenshots off of, like, Apple trailers or whatever back in the day when that was a thing, someone found this weird screenshot that's, like, inserted, and it's Mel Gibson making, like, like, Andrew's pulling it up right yeah. now, so you I wonder can if, like, see it. an editor, like, Hey, you guys check this out. I, I do. Like a this guy's nuts. Do. Yeah. <laughs> I do wonder how that was discovered. I want to know the story Because it's like, that. it is like one frame. It has to be an editor that like, got had to put it in there and then yeah. told people. And, and then, then maybe, it's like. And then he got fired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And after. Uh, Alright, right, here you go, Travis. Can you. Yeah. What? Is yeah. That? I mean, because he's got his huge, for, for viewer, for listeners at home who are near a computer can't Google this. He's got, like, his huge beard. Because this is Mel Gibson, really post-controversy. Yeah. So he's he's deep in the weeds. Uh-huh. And he's got a huge beard, and he's posing with one of his um, indigenous actors mm-hmm. from Apocalypto, who's, like, covered in, like, a like a body paint or a makeup yeah and uh he's just got this wild eyed open mouth guffaw some martin riggs <laughs> it's yeah it's a bizarre like he looks like like if you saw that guy looking like that making that face you'd be like that guy's insane you'd cross the street <laughs> well that <laughs> guy is insane of... we all know this <laughs> uh, yeah of course, of course yeah but it's such a bizarre like picture and, yeah and that's in one of the and, and he's got like a you know, in my mind, I always remembered it as him having a big cigar in his mouth, but it's more like a, like a small cigarette or a, maybe a joint. Yeah, I mean, he is a weed weed guy, I believe, yeah. despite his Catholic faith. All Frank right, Bush. he's uh, he's all over the place. Yeah, uh, we, we don't have to get into him. And then, all right, and so after Apocalypto, he does Hacksaw Ridge. After yeah, a long Hollywood layoff, kind of. Right. Well, have you guys seen that movie? Yeah, I've never seen it actually, but it's, it. it's okay. Like I know people, yeah. some people like it. I mean, I quite don't, a bit. I don't love it, but I, I don't think it's bad. I'd probably give it like a B. It's pretty violent, right? Yeah, I've heard it gets pretty violent. Yeah, it's yeah. like in line with what with we were just saying, right? Like yeah. it's yeah. like yeah, it's like the story of a guy who was a pacifist and they made him join the army. Yeah, and then, Adventist yeah, something. and then he basically just saved a whole unit. Yeah, like running yeah. back and forth. Yeah, to yeah. save them. Yeah. Right. Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> the definitive <laughs> Spider-Man of our times. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, so that's Mel Gibson. The, yeah. Uh, I don't know, I guess I'd say my favorite's Braveheart, but uh, I do have a, some affinity for Apocalypto, even though I haven't seen it in 16 years, probably. I, I used to have that Blu-ray also. I wish I hung on to it. Yeah, I'd, I'd watch Apocalypto if you guys want to watch it for movie night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got too many Chuck Norris movies to watch. That's right. That's true. He uh, up. Well, uh, while we're on Mel's career, should we just talk about our top? Let's rank our top five Mel movies. Top like five acting. Yeah, yeah. Not direct directorial. Yeah. Uh, I'll go first. Okay. Uh, I'll say my number five is. Uh, the original Mad Max. Okay. Yeah, I don't think that movie's very good. 
but I, I guess uh, I don't really think. Uh, yeah. Now here's my question for you: Did you did you see Mad Max before you saw Ro- Road Warrior? That was a hard thing to say right there. Uh, Road Warrior. No, I saw it after. Okay, so you I saw, saw Mad Ro- Max Road first. Warrior, Road Warrior, Mad Max Two was the first one I saw. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't see the first Mad Max until years yeah. later because it's way different. Yeah, it's a lot smaller in scale. Yeah. Uh, it's different than Road Warrior, but I, I I like it quite a bit. I don't prefer it to Road Warrior, but um, but I like it. It's like a it's like an kind of an indie movie, sort of. Yeah, it's okay. I don't I don't know. I don't I don't like it all that much, but it's. Not it wouldn't be low like if we expanded this list past five it would probably be in the next couple for yeah me. just because I don't really actually like all that many Mel Gibson movies even though I yeah understand his appeal as an actor or what he used to have right uh, I've only seen Mad Max one you you've never seen, seen Road Warrior, Warrior? No. or Thunderdome no. wow uh well okay well then I'll continue unless oh, wait, we're gonna do. We're gonna do Five, 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 four, four, four. We'll do it that way, yeah. Right. That's how we usually do it. Right. Yeah. Who should go? Go for it. All right, uh, my number five is a great western named Maverick. Okay. All right. Nice. Okay. Yeah, maybe I should check out Maverick. Again. Now, Maverick, I just want to say, is probably my number six. It's not in my top five. Honorable mention. Yeah. Yeah. But Maverick's like... It's fun. I saw it in theaters when I was a little kid, and I've got the Blu-ray. Uh, my number five is Signs, uh, which I probably like less than you guys. But I, yes, I, I will say that definitively. If it's yeah, your number five, yeah. yeah, I I think Signs is good. I don't like the ending still. Uh, and some swing of, away, yeah, swing I away, Meryl. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like the way the aliens just like leave because we had water. <laughs> um, but. Uh, Science definitely has some good stuff in it, and that's a movie we're going to cover. So I haven't rewatched Science in a, in a, a while not not since two thousand two, but it's certainly been over ten years. So I am excited to revisit yeah. that one. And so this list probably be subject to change, but uh, for yeah. now it's my number five. I have maybe a hot take the a movie that I have over Science, mm. but beer. Yeah, it's <laughs> you got me. <laughs> Dan's a big beaver guy. Hey. The beaver guy. <laughs> you love beaver, or you love dick, I love beaver. <laughs> this, is a, this is a dirty episode. Speaking of uh, Manscaped, uh, get your balls trimmed. Yeah. The, the new uh, crop preserver and lawnmower. Uh, 4.0. 4.0. Okay, ball, I was going to say Ball deodorant. Yeah, ball deodorant, sure. <laughs> Ball deodorant. Trying to give you guys some cash. I've, uh, I've, I've heard too many. I've listened to too many podcasts to not know Manscaped yeah. ads pretty well. Uh, all right, your number four, Andrew. Uh, my number four is. Um, I'm gonna go with Lethal Weapon Two. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my number four is uh, the Patriot. Okay. All right. My number four is also Lethal Weapon Two. Lethal Weapon Two's uh I like Lethal Weapon Two. It's, it's solid. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Guy gets killed with gets killed with the surfboard. Yeah. The first yeah. two Lethal Weapons I think are both pretty good at what they do. Yeah. And four yeah. is fantastic. Well, right. anyhow. Yeah, I knew you guys were gonna <laughs> Lethal Weapon cell phones. Yeah. Lethal Lethal Weapon One and Two are great buddy cop action movies. 
three and four I'll watch, but they're not as good as <laughs> no, no one way. and two. They're nowhere good. It clearly goes one, four, two, three. Travis, you have a demented yeah. lethal weapon order, my friend. My ranking for the lethal weapons is in order. One of those situations where it's in order. Yeah. One, two, three, four. Absolutely. That's I would say the the correct. Do 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 five. Oh, yeah, to start over. Fuck with the cell phones. Uh, all right. Uh, number three, Andrew. Number three for me. I'm gonna go with the road warrior. What? Yep. I have no opinion on that. Okay. Uh, number three for me is Signs. All right. Okay. Signs. Okay. Number three for you, Dan. My number three is The Patriot. It's a blast. So, it's yeah. fucking stupid as shit. Uh, so The Patriot, uh, I kind of lump in with Maverick as just like a, f- a fun... Yeah, I mean, but I mean, him like... Him like going crazy with the hacksaw and like the cannon they're so like it's a movie it's maybe because it's not directed by Mel Gibson it's directed by Roland Emmerich but maybe because of that like but it leans into the violence the best in my opinion of all the Mel Gibson like yeah theme movies because even though he didn't direct the Patriot it feels like he could have you know yeah because it feels very similar to this feels very similar to braveheart maybe a little more cgi than mel gibson would have used yeah yeah, yeah i will say that it, uh, it's, it, its effects hold up worse than this and right hold up worse than probably even braveheart yeah because um, like we were soldiers and things like the passion like the the violence in those movies seemed like more appropriate for like genre movies yeah than an exploit- I mean, then he, like then like Oscar movies, which they're also like kind of aspiring to. I want to say I've read an interview or read something about uh-huh. Mel Gibson that he loves like sleazy exploitation mm-hmm. movies, which yeah. makes sense when you see kind of the tone he sets yeah. in his movies. And he should just like kind of embrace that, I think, a little bit more instead of kind of trying to also do kind of more Oscar, yeah, or kinda, important feeling movies. He kind of has because Craig Zoller is definitely like yeah one of the leading sort of exploitation genre revivalists or whatever you you could say yeah. right now. Um, like I, I I haven't seen any of his movies. Bone Tomahawk seems cool, but. Uh, I don't... I I enjoyed Bone Tomahawk and uh, Cell Block, Brawl on Cell Block, but the Try the Mel Gibson up. one yeah, I could one. not get into at all. Yeah, I and mean, that one seemed very like MAGA. Yeah, and the dialogue, <laughs> the yeah, the dialogue was just too d- didn't work for me at all. Have you just seen too any awkward. Of those movies, any Craig Zoller's movies? Um... You might like yeah. Brawl on Salt Cell Block Yeah, I haven't seen that one. Vince Vaughn. I've been meaning to see it. I've heard yeah. it's good. I, um, but I haven't seen Bone Tomahawk. Bone Tomahawk's yeah. the one I've been wanting to watch the most. Yeah. Uh, two? Uh, number two. Number two. Andrew says signs. What? <laughs> you have signs over the road warrior? Signs I watch fairly often. Not I mean not fairly often, but every like four to five years i'd say okay. and uh i will defend uh 
certain things about signs that the ending i think is hard to defend but the <laughs> or the or uh, m night Shyamalan's character in that movie <laughs> <laughs> well I, I will say that his character in that movie is less annoying than his character in the village who appears sure. in a reflection but anyhow uh I think the the hardest thing to defend about the ending of Signs is the like hard close up of the alien. I, it the alien, so much better. That that's something that should have just appeared in a reflection. Like yeah. if you just like saw him in or in the videotape, the videotape, yeah. or like the videotape seems great in that movie as a shadow, or you just saw his hand, or in the reflection of a window, anything but fully seeing that terrible looking playstation 2 because it's it's like the worst era of cgi too like yeah that's they're using it a lot more and it yeah and it's doing that thing where it's like kind of hovering waving its arms uh yeah that i think is the hardest thing to defend about science but quick quick aside yeah we'll cover this when we get to science is that your favorite m night Shyamalan movie no uh, Six Sense? No. Unbreakable? Unbreakable. Unbra- really? Okay. Lady in the Water? <laughs> Unbreakable what's, is still my number one. What's your favorite? Uh, mine would be probably Six Sense. Okay. Uh, uh, number two would probably be Signs. Okay. And then... The Six Sense. I'm going to be a contrarian. I'm going to say my favorite M. Night Shyamalan movie. <laughs> you know what I'm going to say. That'll be my number four. It's the happening. Yeah. <laughs> it's really? so fucking stupid, <laughs> but it's so funny. It's like easily the what I've seen of his the most. Yeah. Um, I, obviously, his first three movies are all well. Okay, two, three, and four movies are way better because his first movie is that weird like Rosie O'Donnell, Joseph Mazzello, Wide Awake. Like, yeah, that movie. I'm uh, awake. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I would I would say the happening is my personal favorite, even though the other those. His main trio there is yeah. obviously better. All right, all right, all right. So that's your number two. Signs is your number two Mel Gibson movie. Yes. Braveheart. Braveheart. Okay. Yeah, Braveheart didn't crack my top five, but I think it's okay. It would be up there. Yeah. It's it's kind of one of those 90s movies that maybe I should revisit at some point to see how I really feel about it again. Because it's one of those movies that was just it was so culturally relevant. And you saw it even when I was probably too young to see it. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is a movie that we all think is good, right? Yeah. But it seems okay. Braveheart didn't crack mine only because I don't... I haven't seen it since probably the 90s, possibly, or the early 2000s. Yeah. Not something I have a huge desire to rewatch often. It's, It's a good performance by him. Well, it's also a movie that... Uh, not really its fault but has been parodied so much yeah. with mm-hmm. the like the, the battle cry the new guy yeah i mean that's one There's travis others. you're you're coming on the the show for yeah, the new yeah. guy right i'm down oh, of yeah course. I dj qualls wouldn't think to ask anyone else <laughs> uh all right well my number two is lethal weapon one mm. Mm. i mean obvious what my number one is the beaver yeah. <laughs> uh what's your number one andrew 
My number one is Lethal Weapon 1. My number one is Lethal Weapon 1. Okay. Yeah, I went back and forth between Lethal Weapon 1, but my number one is oh, The Road Warrior. Oh, The Road Warrior. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Which I think I think I have, I, like on Letterboxd, I gave them both like the exact same grades, so they're very neck and neck for me. They're both very good movies. I thought it was going to be Game Over or whatever that one with the... <laughs> Which one? Uh, the one we watched over... Boss Level? Boss Level. Boss level? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, it could have been Boss Level. Yeah. It could have been. It was right there in the running for... All five yeah. slots, really. Um, no, I, the Road Warrior is. I, I I have a soft spot for Thunderdome. Also, I, I watched Thunderdome a lot as a kid. Yeah. Uh, but it it didn't make my five. But um, the Mad Max sequels, I think, are good. I mean, George Miller is a fascinating filmmaker. He's so all over such the place. Such a varied career, and he's got that movie that's coming out like in a couple weeks that has pretty mixed reviews and it seems very different for George Miller, which is what he does. I haven't read about it. Oh, really? I forget what it's called. And then, and then, but Lorenzo's also... oil too. <laughs> that was a Barbara Schroeder movie. Oh, that did he not do Lorenzo's oil? No. Oh, okay. So, um, the hardest I've ever seen Andrew laugh in a movie. What? Paul. <laughs> you should, you should clarify not at Lorenzo's oil no. and Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, he did do... I was going to say, he did do director Lorenzo's yeah, Oil, right? What was I thinking? Yeah. Then? Okay, sorry. Maybe you're thinking Murder by Numbers. <laughs> oh, God. Which um, is a 2002 film, Travis. I watched that. It is so bad. Murder Threer by num Numbers. Numbers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, Snow Dog's bad. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, George Miller did do uh, Lorenzo's Oil, which... Uh, has a joke made about it in the movie Paul that Travis witnessed me laughing very hard at. Yeah, so the, his movie that's coming out pretty soon is called 3,000 Years of Longing with like Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba. Oh, I've seen the poster for it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's got mixed reviews. Some people think it's a masterpiece. Some people think it's, you know, mm. terrible. Uh, I don't know. I guess I'm intrigued by it because he's, like I said, a very interesting. Is that the genie movie? Uh, genie movie? <laughs> I haven't seen a trailer for it, so I don't know. I think it is. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> that trailer looked terrible. Okay, well, e- that's... Idris Elba plays a genie. Yes. Uh, well, it's D J I N N, which I assume is maybe a less like Americanized term for a genie yeah but yeah he offers her three wishes yeah basically mm. yeah he's okay basically like it's like genie. her cleaning a vase and then like he pops out got it uh yeah i don't know i don't know uh i'm i i'll see it i guess because i'm looking at the calendar it's kind of a dearth of interesting looking movies this year but uh but yeah and then he's also doing a furiosa prequel with anya taylor joy so it's like he he does that movie, but he, mm-hmm. then he's still doing a Fury Road uh, prequel. Yeah. So you know, I don't know. He's all over the place, and I think there may there may even be a, a Fury Road sequel with like Tom Hardy coming back, also greenlit. So that's George Miller. Nice. It's not even topic of discussion. For <laughs> Um, Welcome to the George Miller slash Liam Neeson penis t- podcast. John slash John Ham. Yeah. <laughs> Brought to you by uh, Manscape. Yeah. Squarespace. 
MeUndies. <laughs> MeUndies. Uh, well, is there anything else you guys want to do? We want to talk about war movies real quick? Uh, yeah, I guess sure. we, you know, we just talked about a Vietnam film. We could mention another, like, a couple other Vietnam movies that we really like. Uh, I don't know if we wanted. Now. I don't know if we want to do like a top five because I feel like our yeah. top fives will will be very similar. Yeah, I mean everyone's gonna have like Apocalypse Now, Platoon, uh, Forrest Gump, Traffic Thunder. Um, I mean my mem- number one would probably be Apocalypse Now, yeah. uh, but up there I would probably like right after that I think would be Full Metal Jacket, but. Yeah. Uh, Maybe ones that wouldn't be like on everybody's top five. Uh, Rescued on, I would put yeah. up there. Mm. These are good POW. I mean, Forrest Gump's a. I I don't mm. I, I don't really care for Forrest Gump, so it wouldn't be high on mine. But that is, well, I'm just kind of reading off some ones. Uh, high on my list that, or would be high on my list that you guys didn't mention is the Deer Hunter, which I don't think yeah. you care for all that much, right? Yeah, not a fan. Yeah, no, Deer Hunter would be my number two. Very close to number one. Uh, First Blood? Yeah. Vietnam First Blood, movie? Yeah. First Bloods. I mean, he's kind a veteran. Yeah. Solid. But it's... Uh, reach. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, I would... It's Vietnam adjacent, yeah. for sure. Uh, I mean, that, that, that movie's so much different tonally from the rest of the Rambo movies. It's pretty funny. Uh, Full Metal Jacket would definitely be high on mine. Yeah. Uh, Apocalypse Now is probably my number one, though. Um, like some other ones, let's see. Platoon, we talked a little bit about earlier. Was that new Spike Lee one he did during COVID? Defy Bloods. Defi- yeah. Yeah. Uh, Born on the Fourth of July. Yeah. You guys like that movie? Not really. It was okay. I could like a C. Yeah. I, I like Born on the Fourth of July. Um... I actually just, in preparation for this, started watching uh, Coming Home from the 70s, directed by Hal Ashby with mm-hmm. Bruce Dern and uh, Jane Fonda. I haven't finished it. I was hoping to finish it before this, but it's it's pretty good. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to read some notable ones uh, that we haven't talked about. Uh, good Morning Vietnam. Green Beret. You guys can jump in if you have thoughts on any of these at any point. Green Berets, the John, John Wayne, Wayne one. <laughs> uh, Uncommon Valor. Uh, the Gene, Gene Hackman, Hackman one. Um, Forrest Gump. We talked about that. Uh, Coming Home. There that is. Um, I see Taxi Driver get put on these lists a lot. I mean, he's a veteran. I guess. Yeah. I don't equate it with one, but I guess if you're including, like, First Blood, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, same with, like, Jacob's Ladder. Um, Yeah. At least First Blood has, like, war-style action in it. Yeah, now here is kind of the the like zone that i think you want this movie to be in uh-huh. uh but missing an action the chuck norris yeah movies, that's yeah. like it, it's weird how soon after vietnam those <laughs> yeah. movies are made too yeah <laughs> they're just like well let's send chuck norris he's gonna go in there and kill everybody <laughs> you're like that didn't happen <laughs> but okay just because uh, i feel like the sam elliott character in we were soldiers could be in a missing an action style movie um, this is a movie I saw when I was 
younger uh, because it's referenced in the movie Rushmore is Heaven and Earth, mm-hmm. the Oliver Stone uh, movie. Never seen it. Uh, it's not very good. I only saw it because my dad likes Oliver Stone movies mm-hmm. and uh, it's referenced in Rushmore because he does yeah. the play version of Heaven and Earth. Or, well, he does basically the play version of Heaven and Earth. I'm curious if First Blood's considered it. Why don't they consider, like, Above the Law or, like, one of those movies where he, I don't know if it's Above the Law. Whatever one he's in Vietnam in the beginning. Maybe because like, the, the rest of the movie is it? so far uh, yeah. removed. Yeah, or and the, like, yeah. And, like, First Blood is so much about PTSD. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so much of We Were Soldiers reminded me of the play from Rushmore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tag them and bag them chairs. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, this is a movie I kind of want to watch, especially because I just watched uh, Menace to Society is uh, Dead Presidents. Oh, yeah. They're like Vietnam vets in that again. Uh, Dead Presidents is really good. That's yeah, a good time. Uh, Tigerland, the Joel Schumacher, Colin Farrell joint. Yeah. What do you guys think of that movie? It's okay. I, I haven't it. seen it in a long I time. I watched it a couple years ago. Really? It was okay. I mean, it has its moments and also is boring at times. Not since probably 2000, I think, was the last time I saw it with you. Yeah. yeah. I saw it like three, four years ago. Uh, another veteran movie. I know Andrew really likes this movie. I've never seen it. Uh, Rolling Thunder. Yeah. Uh, that seems like a really good movie. I, I mean, I think so many movies were made about Vietnam veterans because of what the Vietnam War did yeah. to so many people. You know? Yeah. Obviously, there's a lot of territory to mine there and how much it, like, the Vietnam War happened at, like, such a cultural moment for film, you know? Like, yeah. it coincided with it so much that, yeah. like, obviously there was going to be a lot made, a lot of art made about the hangover effect of that. Uh, Operation Dumbo Drop. <laughs> probably the stupidest, well, no, that's probably not even true. Probably the most goofy in tone uh, Vietnam movie. Air America? Air America, yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Uh, and then, like, a lot of, like, B-movies and shit. Um, and then, I don't know. I don't know if you want to include, like, Kong, Skull Island, or Tropic Thunder. Oh, yeah, or, those kind of things, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. That's yeah, Vietnam on film. Yeah, I would say my, just roughly, my top ones would be Apocalypse Now, Deer Hunter, and Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, I'd probably go Apocalypse Now, Full Metal Jacket, and then, uh, I don't know, what would be three? Forrest Gump? Uh, like Forrest Gump? Maybe. Yeah, it's okay. Like Forrest Gump's one of those movies, I think, that everyone our age has seen times <laughs> in our life. Yeah. yeah. That I, I never need to see Forrest Gump again. Why was that movie on TNT constantly? Yeah. I have the box <laughs> of chocolate <laughs> edition. <laughs> Is it a box uh, yeah, that looks like a... And it, it has scratch and sniff chocolates in it. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really oddly shaped, so it's hard to store. I mean, yeah, it's got a great... A great <laughs> restaurant. Yeah. Bubba Gump's. Run, Forrest, run. <laughs> yeah, um... You weren't there for this, but when we went to San Francisco as, like, 19-year-olds, we went to Bubba Gump's two or three times in one, like, weekend trip to San Francisco. And Bubba Gump's is a chain that we have here. Yeah, Yeah. we could go to one right here. There's one in Long Beach. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we were, like, on vacation, and we ate there 
three times. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. It's a vacation yeah. rule. You don't eat at chains you have in your I know, area. I know. It's it was a we broke the rule, yeah. but we were very into Bubba Gumps. Andrew still is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just getting some I was, shrimp or whatever. Yeah. I was yeah. Uh, I was just thinking about uh, this one time that you and I, Dan, were talking about. <laughs> I think you know what I'm going to say. Making uh, movie-themed restaurants. Yeah. And yeah. we were talking about a memento-themed restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where you would... Uh, you would go in and sit down and you would immediately get your bill. <laughs> like, you'd you'd be seated at a messy table that had clearly been eaten at and, you know, there'd be, like, napkins on yeah. your plate. and you have, you, have to, you have to write your order down on your body, like a tattoo, yeah. before you go in, yeah. You, you start at the end of the restaurant experience, so you sit down and you immediately get a bill for, like... <laughs> Like sixty bucks. <laughs> I remember on that same tangent we had the Con Air restaurant idea. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Where uh, kids had to fish a dirty bunny out of a sewer. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end, a uh, mannequin would have the your bill written on a shirt that would drop onto your table. Drop from the sky. Yeah. yeah. It's an endless endless possibility for any aspiring restaurateurs who need yeah. a, need a solid concept. Uh, Johnny. Johnny 500 salad bar or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, so those are Vietnam movies. Uh, let's wrap up We Were Soldiers. Let's yeah. wrap it up. And then we'll yeah. do Ron Spano's box office and then a little bit of trivia. Yeah, because yeah. I got I got a game for us, but yeah. we could do yeah. that towards the end. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll wrap it up first, I guess, with We Were Soldiers. Uh, oh, yes, we were. Oh, yes, we were. Should I bust out the tambourine no. again? No. It's too late let's for tambourine. Yeah, the the dialogue in this movie is just a little too corny for me to kind of forgive. I think, you know, the the battle scenes are the, the best thing that this movie has going for it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give it a, a, a low C. I think if it maybe took a different kind of tonal approach, like maybe a little less of an Oscar Beatty approach, it might be a little bit it's, better. yeah. I agree with that, although it is hard because it's such a horrifying war that had such mm-hmm. incredible like cultural implications. Mm-hmm. It's hard to like want a Vietnam movie that feels <laughs> like goofy and exploitative, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's almost like, well, I'm watching a movie. I can divorce myself from reality yeah. better if it's something like that versus something that attempts to yeah show the horrors of war but doesn't fully commit to it yeah so i think i I don't have to go with a low c as well um it's certainly one of the better movies that we've watched on this show so yeah um it's not a super memorable like war movie like it doesn't have any like stuff that like i really like sticks with you the way like some of the better war movies yeah do but Uh. um yeah, I don't know. It's 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 all right, um, but yeah. It's all, also, probably worth mentioning that the reviews at the time uh, also mentioned like couldn't help but mentioning Black Hawk Down. Like pretty much every review you read of this movie compared it to Black Hawk Down, which I think is a better movie. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Movie, yeah, yeah. 
Um, I think I'm gonna go like a B minus on this. Yeah. I, I overall enjoyed it. Um, I think it was a bit too long. Mm-hmm. I think they could have probably taken out one of the rounds of killing, and then almost all of Chris Klein. Uh, <laughs> not all. Chris, Chris Klein, Klein docks this movie a lot of points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I think it would have been like a solid B B plus <laughs> if you took out Chris Klein. <laughs> And you had, like, slightly, like, one last scene of action, because it was just so, like, it was basically just rinse and repeat on the same action kind of play. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'd probably go B-. minus. Yeah. It, definitely not the worst movie we've watched so far. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, it's... most all the movies you guys watch are terrible, so. Yeah. It's pretty high on my list. Yeah. <laughs> when, I, when I added it to my updated list. Yeah. And this was a movie that I, I enjoyed back then. Um, you know, and I like it less now just because uh, I it's a, more apparent how generic certain aspects are. Yeah, and so yeah, like that was one of my biggest takeaways. I was just like, God, it just looks like it just looks like me and my friends in a field. Like if we had like good props, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what it looks like. And it's like, oh, it yeah, looks weird. So that's the, those are final judgments. As we were soldiers. Yeah. Um, so you were talking about how it was critically received a little bit, right? Yeah, like a lot of the reviews compared it to Black Hawk Down. And I remember, if I remember right, Richard Roper preferred this to Black Hawk Down. That is a hot take. Yeah. yeah. And I think other critics did too. Yeah. Uh, I That's not how I felt, but... But uh, if I had to guess how this was received, like uh, the tomato score, because we guessed the Rotten Tomato score on the show. We do. Yeah. And I have not looked it up this time yeah. in advance, so uh, um, I'll be guessing along with Andrew and Travis. Yeah. I, I remember people thinking it was like decent, not great, maybe somewhere like in the middle I'm going to say this had a 70%. 70. I'm going to go 65 to make it lower than The Rock, the all-time greatest action movie. Okay. I was thinking 64. Um, I'm going to go a little lower, though, since you got 65. Just Don't head price right me. Yeah, $1 <laughs> bomb. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it trickled into slightly negative territory. I'm gonna say 59. Okay. I think that's too low. Full disclosure, I'm guessing that, but I think it's too low. I think it's probably higher than that. All right, We Were Soldiers scored. Wow, I was gonna say 64. It's 64. Ah. What did you say, Travis? 65. Okay, and I said Travis, 70. Travis is the winner. Yeah. Nicely uh, done, Travis. But I, I will say I was gonna say that. Uh, although it probably looks suspicious because I normally look these up, but I didn't look it up this time. Um, yeah, so that that was how uh, critics liked it. Are you pulling up the uh, cinema score for this? I'm pulling it up right now. All right. Here comes the cinema score, um, everybody. I'm gonna. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say a minus for this. This you know what the uh, cinema score yeah, is? So yeah, it's yeah, people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, go ahead, Travis. I'll go B. And I'm only going to say this because I remember, like, the crowd reaction being very positive when I saw it. 
I'm gonna go A on this one. Yeah, I mean, I said A minus. So, well, like yeah. people love the Sam Elliott stuff, and people were really into the battle scenes. And every time that the um, like during the nighttime battle scenes when they had to illuminate the battlefield and it was revealed that the the sol- the other soldiers were like right there, like people like gasped audibly. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna say A on this one. We were soldiers. People were actually chanting that when they walked out of the theaters. They were so enthralled. All right. We ready for it? Yeah. I didn't look this up. It's an A. It's It's an A. A. Yeah. 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 I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Given given the nature of this movie, no one's going to walk out of the Vietnam movie and be like, oh, piece of shit that was. Um, And especially given uh, how audience scores tend to trend high yeah uh, uh box office wise this movie uh mid 78 million dollars in the states surprisingly added 36.5 internationally which is higher than i would have guessed for an american war film i think it's mel gibson in action yeah i yeah. think yeah he's got enough appeal as a, as yeah. a movie star especially at this time so, uh, worldwide, 114.6 million, roughly. Uh, it did open at number one that weekend at the box office over 40 Days and 40 Nights, which we talked about right. on the previous episode. No budget? Uh, I will get the budget. Um, but it made uh, $20 million opening weekend. So, you know, all right. That's... Uh, I think in 2002... You have to remember, I'm not saying that anyone's contradicting this, but like, just in general, you have to remember that like, more movies came out, so people had a lot more options. So there's a lot less of like, the Marvel thing, where one movie dominates the box, that was whatever the big blockbuster is, because people were going to see different shit, and there was different stuff for different people. Uh, The estimated budget... Uh, for this movie, seventy-five million. Makes yeah. sense. All right. Expensive. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. Two thousand two. Yeah. I mean, and it all looks pretty real. Yeah. For the most part, you know. I would say maybe some of the. I don't know some of the grosser shit where it's like you really feel like Mel Gibson and Randall Wallace were leaning into their <laughs> proclivities unnecessary like when that guy's getting the the like napalm scraped off his face so the phosphorus the phosphorus yeah yeah. oh right they have to come on that's those were very cgi flames on his face yeah 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 uh but when they like like were i can't remember which character was they were pulling his arms up and like the his skin was being pulled off because it was like kind of charred yeah gary pepper ripped his legs off that's right yeah yeah. that was gross (laughs) yeah uh yeah so that was the box office for this movie uh you had some trivia for us yeah um kind of like on the last episode uh i'm sorry the second to last episode where we did some impromptu trivia i wanted to do a trivia game and this game is called name that soldier okay and in this game i will name a character who is a soldier of some kind or a, a military officer 
and you tell me what movie that character is from. All right. Yeah. Okay. Now, Travis, I think you listened to that episode, so you know how we did this last time. We say our names. We yeah. Say our na- but for the the listeners at home, yeah, we'll, you or I will just say your name as our buzzer. Okay. Now, to whoever edits this, whether it's me or Dan. <laughs> I was going to uh, say, it's, they're in the room right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to be looking up some names so some of this can be cut out because there will be a little bit of silence unlike the last episode where it was just me going like enhance i get lazy when i edit we don't make any money (laughs) off this show i'm not gonna spend that much time doing it Now, because this is like a, this is name that soldier, I'm going to be naming their, you know, rank and whatnot. Yeah. Are, now, are we naming the movie? Yeah, you tell yeah. me what movie this character is okay. from. Not the actor. Not the actor. I mean, you could name both, really. Does that get you bonus points? Sure. All right. The first one is Captain Stephen Hiller. Dan. Dan. Will Smith and Independence Day. That's right. <laughs> so Dan gets two points right off the bat. Question number two. Commander Krill. Commander Krill. Um, Commander Krill. God, that sounds... That sounds so familiar. And now these aren't so necessarily war movies, right? No, these are just movies with, with like military, military personnel. Oh. Yeah. Um, I'm so mad. This do is a you sci-fi. do you want a hint about Commander Krill? Yeah. Oh man. Um, he is a. Uh, this is kind of like a Die Hard esque film, and he's like the main henchman, Commander Krill. It's like Die Hard on a boat. Oh. Dan. Dan. Under Siege. It's Under Siege. That is oh, Gary Busey's God, character see, from yeah. Under yeah. Siege. I should have said, said Gary Busey, too, because I knew it was Gary Busey yeah. once, <laughs> once I knew it was Under Siege. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next question. General Francis X. Hummel. Travis. Okay. Travis. The Rock. <laughs> Ed Harris. Well, I mean, don't don't say it like I'm giving him a... No, 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 no. I, I wasn't claiming conspiracy. I was just saying <laughs> no question could ever be a more, Travis's wheelhouse more than, yes. than Francis Hummel. So that was General Brigadier Francis X. Hummel, yeah. uh, which is Ed yeah, Harris's character from uh, The Rock. Iconic character, an iconic uh, blooper where he gets really mad at yeah. uh, someone on set. Yeah. Uh, not really a blooper. <laughs> <laughs> This is General Francis X. Hummel from Alcatraz. Out. Out. <laughs> also a movie we've seen very recently. I mean, obviously yeah. you've seen it a bunch, but like we saw that a few months ago. All right. And the next one, I'm, I'm just going to look this up real quickly because I want to make sure I get his rank correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's going to throw us off. You want to steal, steal valor. All right. This is Lieutenant Colonel William Bill Kilgore. Oh. Lieutenant Commander, or I'm sorry, Lieutenant Colonel William Bill Kilgore. And if nobody can get it, I can give you a hint. I'll vote for the hint. Yeah. Man, well, my hint's going to give it away, but 
He likes the smell of napalm in the morning. Oh, Dan. <laughs> Dan. That is um, Apocalypse Now, and the actor is... Uh, why, why am I blanking on his name? What's wrong with me? Travis, you want to come in and steal points for the actor? Yeah, what? what? Oh, this is terrible. <laughs> Go ahead, Travis. Hey, uh, is it... Uh, why am I blanking? <laughs> oh, no. Everybody's blanking on this guy's name. It, it's really bad that yeah. I can't remember uh, from Gone in 60 Seconds, of course. Well, pa- Paxton? Bill Paxton? No, no, not no. Bill Paxton. Uh, We're talking Apocalypse Now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He loves the smell of napalm in the morning. <laughs> it's terrible that I can't get this. It's terrible that it hasn't popped into my head. I'm a movie guy. I should know this. I do know this. I, I get this every so often, where you yeah. like, you yeah. got to guess yeah. something, but for some reason you can't. Uh, Robert Duvall. <laughs> sorry. Duvall. I'm sorry. Yes, Robert Duvall. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, it's Bob Duvall. I, that's that's embarrassing. Yeah. Maybe I'll cut that out. <laughs> Robert Duvall. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> it's, it's me clearly at home. Dan gets it right away. Robert Duvall. Course. It's like completely, completely different audio. Yeah, like yeah. you hear like a fan running in the background. Yeah. And obviously that's Robert Duvall. Uh, I hate when that happens. Because yeah. I feel like I have such a pretty good memory. Andrew, you have a you have kind of a, a right man deal going on. Yeah. Um, and then Travis, like you and I both know a lot about movies but like every so often that like weird yeah, you brain can't, block yeah. happens yeah. i'm worried about doing like a trivia night and like completely biffing all the movies yeah that would suck <laughs> uh so how many points do you have dan did you keep track uh well neither of us did, yeah, we're not, we're i got half i got robert he got duvall so i guess we'll just not give anybody points for that it's uh, at four and i'm at two i think four yeah. and yeah. two okay yeah. okay so we'll do the same thing where if you get the the actor and the character, you'll get two points. All right. All right. So this one, uh, this not it's not a trick, but by the time you meet this character in this movie, he is retired from the military. But when he was in the military, his rank was gunnery sergeant, and that is gunnery sergeant. Bob Lee Swagger. Dan. God damn it. That's Mark Wahlberg and Shooter. Dan got it. That's Travis likes too. It's funny because Travis like raised his hand before you yeah. said it, but uh, <laughs> gotta go by the rules. Gotta go by the rules. Yes, Gunnery Sergeant Bob Lee Swagger is Mark yeah. Wahlberg and Shooter. Yeah. So that's uh, six points for Dan, two for Travis. <laughs> Bob yeah. Lee Swagger. Yeah, I mean that's a character name that's very memorable. Yeah, yeah I for sure, yeah. I for sure expect Travis to get that one. Thought I had it. Well, he knew it. I knew it. Yeah. I just did. I was slow on the buzzer. All right. You almost have to do the Jeopardy thing and just ring in with <laughs> All right. Next one. Private James T. Joker Davis. Travis. Travis. Full metal jacket. That is correct. Full metal jacket. So that's four for Travis. Six Wait. For- he um, didn't name the actor. Oh, uh, sorry, sorry. What? The guy from Vision Quest. Two for Travis. Uh, I could steal the actor. <laughs> yeah. Travis can't get it. Uh, what's his name? I don't know the actor. Dan. It's Matthew Modine. Damn it's Matthew, Matthew Modine. Modine, yeah. yeah. 
So that is three points for Travis, seven for Dan? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You don't have to give me Matthew Modine if you don't want to. We could do it. Flex that I knew it. Yeah. Flex that movie knowledge. I like how your go to for Matthew Modine was Vision Vision Quest. Quest. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or uh, Stranger Things. Yeah, he is on that, yeah. Papa! Andrew doesn't even I don't know what you're reference. talking about. How have you not seen Stranger Things? I've seen, like, a couple episodes. How? Oh, you should watch Stranger Things. People yeah. say that. I've yeah. seen the first season. You haven't seen all Stranger Things either? No. I don't watch TV shows. It's not I a watch, TV show. <laughs> I watch The Righteous Gemstones in the rehearsal, and that's, like, it when it comes to TV. Oh, by the way, we were talking about Apocalypto. Have yeah. you watched much rehearsal yet, Andrew? Have you gotten through more than, like, one episode yet? Two episodes. Two episodes. Second episode's amazing. Mm-hmm. But there is a Apocalypto reference in episode three or four that is so funny. Uh, I will not spoil it, other than saying that everyone, including these two in the room, should watch the rehearsal. Yeah, I mean, I plan on finishing it pretty soon. So. Crash my sign on TC going over on <laughs> I think you would dig it, Trace. Yeah, I need, I need to check it out. Yeah, yeah, you, it's you, on my you, list. You liked uh, Na- that Nathan? Yeah, that was funny. That yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Sorry. All right. Uh, uh, next one. Sorry, it's taking me a second to look this up. Kill me, Charles. I'm gonna leave all this in. I'm doing it. I'm usually multitasking when I edit. It's basically me just like listening to the episode. It's just because I want to get the uh, the uh, titles correct for the the ranking. That's cool. Appreciate the uh, commitment to detail. Okay. So, just because this one's not, like, super memorable, I'm going to name two characters from this movie. Um, it's, it's a military movie. Uh, Colonel Nathan R. Jessup. Dan. Dan. That's Jack Nicholson in A Few Good Men. Wow, I didn't think you'd get it. Yeah, really? it's okay. yeah, it's A Few Good Men. Oh, he very memorably states his name in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was like one of the easier ones. Yeah, I was going to say that in Private Santiago, but oh, yeah. yeah, you got it. Uh, well, I don't think I have any more, actually. All right, Dan won that one. <laughs> so Dan won that one. Um, two for two. A few yeah, episodes in a row. Uh, I was going to come up with one. That I wanted to test you guys. Yeah, um, you could test Travis and I. I. I feel like the odds are kind of stacked against Travis on this one, so sorry, but right. just a funny one I wanted to. Uh, hold on, I got a bobbly swagger. I totally thought you would get bobbly swagger. I had my hand up. <laughs> okay. Okay, let's hear it, Dan. Uh, Master Sergeant Nathan West. Master Sergeant Nathan West. Is <laughs> You're it not a, gonna get this? I I, I'm not gonna get it. Or Travis isn't gonna get it. I don't think Travis is gonna get this because he either hasn't seen this movie or hasn't seen this movie in a very long time. Is uh, it the general's daughter? No. Basic. It's basic. Oh, it's Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> yeah, it's Samuel L. Jackson and Basic. Way to go. Suck it. That's <laughs> funny because I was gonna say uh, Tom Hardy. Oh, which okay. was Travolta's character in basic. But he's not an actual soldier in that. He's an ex-soldier. He was like a retired one, yeah. Yeah, he didn't have like a... 
It wasn't known as... Oh, yeah, I guess Colonel Tom Hardy. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been a little too obvious, too, because I think we joked when we watched Basic, like, last year about yeah. him being named Tom Hardy. Uh, yeah, it's Basic. Good job. Yeah. I, well, you won that one. I... Yeah. I didn't one and think, one. I didn't think you'd get it because you haven't seen that movie probably since, like, 03, right? Uh, I've watched it once after. Okay. Probably, like, seven years ago. <laughs> Well, that's our military movie of trivia. Yeah. Yeah. Our salute to the soldiers. <laughs> uh, well, I think that's it, right? Yeah. If we have anything else to add? Uh, that's pretty much it. You're going to be back on Panic Room yep. later in March. So mm -hmm. in anywhere from two to six months, probably. Yeah. Uh, I'll be retired by then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, you'll definitely be retired by the time we finish the show. Um, but you, this is uh, this is your third episode with us. Yeah, yes. yeah, because mm -hmm. you did collateral damage and then Super Troopers, where yes. we talked about three movies. Yeah, yeah. So I've done like five movies at this point. Yeah, I mean, and I think too. I mean, not to. I don't think this will be too difficult for you as a devout fan, but I think Panic Room is going to be our Fincher episode. Yeah. So mm -hmm. we're going to go deep on Fincher because yeah. we don't really have much opportunity, save for maybe a random yeah. home video edition somewhere in there, to do Fincher, to talk like Zodiac, to talk Seven, all that stuff. So I'm planning on rewatching most of them. Maybe not Zodiac because I watch that movie all the time, but like. Yeah. I have to watch Aliens 3. It's the only one I haven't seen. You should watch Aliens yeah. 3. Yeah, why not? I'll suffer through Mank again. <laughs> I'm not going to watch Mank again. I will say that. I'm not doing that again. I don't need to, yeah. I don't need to do that to myself. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we could do a deep dive on Fincher. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I think we'll have to record that one on a weekend, because that'll probably, if we're doing all Fincher, that'll probably be one of yeah. our longest episodes. Be a long one. Yeah. yeah. Just like Fincher movies. It's mm -hmm. true. It's yeah. True. We'll do a lot of takes and... <laughs> but, it'll uh, be the opposite of Fincher because we're doing to do one take yeah <laughs> I'll pee in a bucket and protest yeah. <laughs> uh, well thank you for talking with us about this movie Travis what was this movie called again uh, this is We Were Soldiers oh yes we were we were soldiers oh yes, yes we, we were we were soldiers yes, yes we, we were, were. Oh, we were soldiers. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, we were. I don't remember the extended version from the, the soundtrack, but... Uh, I think it went like... We were soldiers. Yes, we were. Alright, everyone, I would fast forward to the end of the episode. <laughs> this is where the theme music will start fading up. In my mind, we were going to do this for like... Five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad someone midnight. someone uh, got a yeah. got you uh, to not do that. Yeah. Uh, I love how we're just gonna gaslight our entire audience into thinking that's a real song from this movie. I think we should. In fact, I think we should cut out that part where you say it's <laughs> right. not a real song from this movie. <laughs> uh, it's definitely a real song. Great. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Well, thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. What's our next movie? Our next episode, we will be talking about All About the Benjamins. All About the Benjamins. Yeah. Right. And we should have a guest for that one. I think so. Yeah. 
Travis can be like the backup guest too, because I think he likes talking about that movie. All yeah, time. yeah I'm all about <laughs> if we can't get a, if our other guest for some reason is yeah, you know, we we I think have a guest lined up, schedule permitting. And we have a guest lined up for basically every March movie, right? Yeah, every single March movie. I think they're all accounted for, including Men with Brooms. Well. Sort of. They don't know that. Yeah. They're they're talking about a different movie. But right. I don't think we're gonna make that person watch Men with Brooms. Yeah, but I mean uh, the fact that you we, and I have to. <laughs> right. But the fact that we got somebody lined up for like the rookie and the time machine. Someone very enthusiastically claimed the rookie <laughs> yes. without knowing that like it was one of like three movies that were unclaimed yeah just like can i do the rookie i'm like wow i would have thought i would have to ask someone yeah. to do yeah. the rookie that's like yeah, a specifically yeah like da vinci code masochist kind of deal <laughs> it, it, recording that one's going to be interesting because they don't live in this country so yes uh, who like, we all know it's yeah, it's yeah, brian yeah. yeah yeah poor brian uh, so whoa i mean i guess we record kind of late so i don't know what the time difference is there wow, like we'll figure hours. It out. yeah let's yeah. end this episode though all right adios. well thank you so much for listening goodbye and adios pasta yeah. lasagna don't get any on ya. oh yes we were oh yes we were